Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. Time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of his age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for their lust. Blindly busting, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul. For a chance to receive his mark Father, we praise your name. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for every day that we have to be able to serve you. We thank you for every day of mercy that you give us to help us to get a little bit closer to perfection. We don't really know exactly what that means, but we want to be as perfect and pure as we possibly can for you, Father. We wish in some cases the words of the scripture were a little bit more descriptive and covered areas that are a little ambiguous for many of us, but nevertheless, we will just continue to pray. We will continue to repent. We will continue to confess for our sin is always before us and our sin in sin our mothers conceived us wash us with your hyssop father and make us whiter than snow we pray in the name of jesus father that you find every one of the listeners of this program past present and future in jesus name to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand directly before you there lord jesus at the wedding supper more than anything we want to be there but you already know that We praise you for that. And, Father, we just thank you. We pray that you do. You, Father, it is your righteousness. We seek ye first the kingdom and your righteousness. And then all these other things will be given unto us. And we just stand upon that promise, Father God. We walk as best as we can. We don't have perfect days all the time. Sometimes they're up. Sometimes they're a little bit down. Sometimes we make good decisions. Sometimes we make ones that aren't ideal. But, nevertheless, Father, we just praise you because we know that you are by our side. We know that you are bringing us to um, an expected end. Uh, and we just cannot be more grateful, particularly, particularly when the days are as weird and uh, off kilter as they are uh, nowadays. Um, it, it is especially comforting, Father, to be in that secret place of the Most High, to be able to shut everything down and just, you know, close our eyes and be in complete darkness and in your presence and, uh, and just be able to give you praise and just glorify your holy name and thank you for all of the times, unmentionably not large number. 
we, we don't even know. We can't even count the number of times in most of our lives that you have come through for us, Father, even, even at the very, very latest possible moment. Let us always have faith. Let us continue to pray always. Let us realize that many of the things that we ask for may not be answered right away, and some of them may even be answered in eternity. But nevertheless, Father, let us never give up hope. Let us continue to pray, and let us always believe, because I am living, talking, walking proof, praise you, Jesus, that when you have that patience and when you do believe and you do keep on pushing your way and, and praying through, uh, disregarding that little voice, uh, that fiery dart that's trying to tell you that there's no point, you're not going to get it, God has already said no, and we just stay fervently uh, dedicated to seeking out that 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 whatever it is that we're looking for to, to help bring us to that new level in our walk with you. We praise you, Father God for always coming true and we stand fast in that faith even if all indicators are that you're not going to answer that prayer that we wait as long as it takes we stay dedicated to that cause for all the right reasons especially the one in uh, John 14 12 13 14 where it says that the father may be glorified in the son in Jesus name we pray and thank you amen
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here we are again, and we praise you, Father, and thank you for allowing us to have this electronic ecclesia and keeping us. You know, we we had that uh, many times where people were pushing us for all the right reasons to go over to YouTube or for all the good reasons for to go over to uh, Facebook or whatever. And uh, praise you, Lord, for placing it so strongly upon my heart that where we are now is exactly where we were supposed to be the whole time. And now we see so clearly why. It's just so amazing how you work, Father, in our lives. We, you know, we don't, I, I don't, I remember the very time when people were like, you just got to go to YouTube. You just got to do this. You got to get, you know, and all these reasons and recommendations, all sound recommendations, all for the right reason. And for some reason in my heart, I just felt like, no, 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 I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I feel like I need to stay right where I am. Praise God. And wouldn't you know it, uh, I dodged the censorship industrial complex, uh, probably by the skin of my chinny chin chin. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway, here we are. Uh, once again, this is, uh, we don't have a heavy news night, which is rare, um, but there's nothing wrong with that. And that'll just give uh, extra time for brother, um, thank you, Vera, um, brother um, uh, um, uh, uh, Lauren, to be able to, um, you know, uh, expand. You know, sometimes it takes his engine, <coughs> excuse me, sometimes it takes his um you know, it's almost like he has to rev up his engine and get warmed up, and uh, and when he gets up to full flight altitude, uh, he starts digging in pretty well, uh, good, and everything starts to click. Uh, you know, usually in the beginning of, of, of his explanation of things, it moves a little bit slowly at first because you're trying to figure out why is he referring to this verse, why is he referring to that verse, and right about the time that he gets, like I said, up to flight altitude and everything starts to connect, bam, the show's timing is up, and we needed more time, you know, and that used to happen back when we did the Peterson Chronicles too. So uh, tonight, praise God, um, we have a blessing in the sense that there isn't a fantastic amount of apocalyptic news. Uh, so that uh, will give uh, Brother Lauren a little bit extra time to dig in a little bit tonight. So praise God for that. Because um, uh, anyway, so um, so anyway, on that note, I wanted to go ahead <clears throat> and wanted to go ahead and um, thank you all for joining us. Um, I have a four-day weekend coming up uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday and Tuesday, praise Jesus. Now, I got to do the Sunday show. I'm still kicking around the idea about maybe playing uh, a very important um, best of show for the Friday night prayer vigil. Haven't thought that through entirely yet. I don't know, but it's there, you know, like going, reviewing, do, doing the a review on the show, uh, you know, how Satan stops our prayers combat in the heavenly realm is uh, it's worth every penny of it. it's worth every, I mean, nanosecond of your time. Uh, you can't hear that white paper enough. I have learned so much on the third read, the fourth read, the fifth read, the sixth read, always learn something something more and always think to myself, oh my gosh, there are more secrets about our walk with our Father, how our prayer life works, why would there so much deception out there, why so many people that seem incredibly godly and you just, you're so convinced by every, you know, ounce of their demeanor and how they talk and everything that they're, they're definitely coming from the Lord, you know, from, you know, they believe that they're talking to the Lord, they're hearing from the Lord. But then, you know, you do that study on, on uh, combat in the spiritual realm, how Satan stops our prayers. Uh, when, you, when you understand and you read that whole thing and you pull it all together, it, it just comes, it just, it, it answers all the mysteries. 
It explains where the power comes from to allow the forces of darkness, the demons, uh, and the other entities of, uh, you know, principalities, powers, and spiritual hosts, and wickedness, and rulers of darkness in high places, etc. Uh, it, it explains to you how they are able to transform themselves, as, as Paul said about Satan, into an angel of light, essentially, and come down and stand before you, or, you know, if it's a visual thing, or to cause you to believe with all of your heart that you're hearing from the Lord, prophetically speaking, when in reality... It's coming from an entity of the darkness that is masquerading and sounds every bit to uh, an accomplished prophet, um, a well-known prophet. It can sound every bit like it is coming directly from the Lord, and the person believes it, and they're certain of it. They're absolutely certain of it, and in reality, what happened was the angels, I'm sorry, my bad, the uh, demonic entities that successfully stole the answer to your prayer away from your angel, they're able to take the power that's, a, that you have to, I, I kind of think of it as a glowing orb, okay, of light, light power from the heavens, glory power. Uh, that's how I imagine it. I don't know what it really looks like, but, um, but you know, evidently when our angels are, are answering our prayers, they will, just like with Daniel and stuff and, you know, and the King, King of Persia and all that kind of stuff, they, they, the angels have to go through the, I call it the spiritual realm, high places, whatever, because it's a more accurate rendition or, or explanation uh, of uh, the, the, I don't know, the demonic crust that covers the earth that we are unable to see, the firmament. All right, and and it's uh, and when our angels are carrying the answers to our prayers, okay, if you know we're not on our game or whatever, there's a, a, many reasons, and they're all you know kind of um, you know laid out in that paper. Uh, but boy, if if the angels are successful at detaining your angel and getting away the answer to your prayer. And stealing away, like grabbing a football out of a football player's hands and running for a TD kind of thing, they can actually detain your angel, take take the answer to your prayer, uh, you know, and then they can use the energy, the power from you, the answer to your prayer, okay, uh, and they can uh, convert that power um, uh, from um, you know in, in, into into the power of darkness. They're able to use the power that is in the answer to your prayer that was given. To the angel by the Lord, okay, from heavenly realm, from you know, um, from heaven, okay, and and when they're carrying it to you, if if you can, if that angel can be detained, and they boy do they try, and they get away, the answer to your prayer, they steal it away like a football. They can take it down somehow into the pit and have that converted into dark power of darkness, which allows them to go to you and other Christians to trick them into thinking that they're the real deal and that they are hearing from God and everything feels right and you know you just you just know it's the Lord speaking to you but in reality it's not and that explains so much because there's a lot of requirements that we have to adhere to in order to reduce the likelihood that the demonic entities are able to steal away the answer to our prayer. 
okay, and cause havoc and confusion and all that other stuff. And we need to be aware of those things and then, um, you know, act accordingly. Uh, you know, be on the de- defense uh, as well as the offense and um, make sure that, you know, all our P's and Q's and everything and our T's are crossed and all that. And then the likelihood that there will be an, a successful um, uh, stealing of your the answer to your prayer is uh, greatly reduced. Let's, we'll just leave it at that. But anyway, so I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kicking the, around the idea of playing that again because I just don't think it can be heard enough, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, it's just such a powerful testimony, but um, who knows? Maybe I'll just feel like doing a regular prayer vigil. I haven't made my mind up yet, but I wanted to get that out there. All right, praise Jesus. So kids, are you ready? All right, good deal. Kids, how do you make a lemon drop? How do you make a lemon drop? You just let it fall. (laughs) You wanted my grandma's recipes, the lemon drops, didn't you? Some kind of a Christmas cookie recipe, no doubt. All right, kids, good job. What did the limestone say to the geologist? What did the limestone say to the geologist? Don't take me for granted. <laughs> Don't take me for granted. You know what I mean? Don't you take me for granted either. Okay, you can take me for granted if you want to, because I kind of am for granted. Um, what do you call a duck that gets all A's, kids? What do you call a duck that's straight A's? A wise quacker. A wise quacker. Hey, wise guy, you're a wise quacker. All right, works for me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, so as promised, I'm going to go over it quickly, but I am going to continue to beat it in every listener's head. Thank you, Jesus, uh, because I feel it's important. Okay, unbelievable things that are happening now. The Ukraine war with the nuclear threats. Been going on for, what, um, one year and four months or something like that, maybe more. The Trump indictment and the presidential run, absolutely the biggest bag of insanity you would ever want to end, and, you know, but whatever. We'll see. We're just going to watch. We already kind of know what's going to happen. All right. The next one, Biden impeachment, hunter horrors, and vast global pedophile network. Don't even get me going on the Instagram Pizzagate issue and the fact that they got busted. Nobody did a darn thing about it, but they got busted for basically running a Pizzagram. Hook me up with your friendly pedophile network uh, with a little, uh, you know, I, I don't know, icon or or whatever, a emoticon that looks like a pizza. How ridiculous. But they did it. They got away with it. Nobody did a darn thing about it. Because FBI is darn sure too busy going out and arresting, uh, uh, you know, uh, innocent people under, you know, this insane new uh, communist uh, dictatorship that we're turning into, just like China, whatever the case is. Whatever. Okay, Twitter files, censorship industrial complex. Don't even get me going on that. that all those Twitter, Twitter files, um, uh, uh, um, you know, House of Representatives uh, um, you know, uh, um, inquiries and, uh, one right after the other, one right after the other, uh, you know, and, and so many times various members of Congress during the questioning, during the Twitter files said, you know, implied, Hey, we're not done with this. We haven't gotten to the arresting phase. Like, you know, so they would basically threaten them and let them know that we're coming for you, but nothing ever happens. Nothing has happened. Nothing has 
to any of these things. Okay, the next one is FBI whistleblower testimonies routing out the J6 false flag. They're still taking West, uh, FBI whistleblower testimonies. And how much do you want to believe what, you know, nothing's going to happen? You know why? Because nothing ever does happen. Okay, then, of course, by now, most people in the United States of Babylon and Great have figured out that the, the whole J6 event was, in fact, an inside job, a false flag in totality, totally trumped up, if you know what I mean. Uh, the other thing uh, is, uh, you know... Th- I don't know if you've heard about this or not, so I'm going to have to go ahead and change this one for future shows. But um, I'm just going to put it in here. I'm going to put it alien disclosure. Now, now, here's the thing. There's a lot of people out there that have been told time and time and time again by different people in different capacities that it's going to be a fake alien invasion. Not on my planet it ain't. And not in my Bible it ain't. All right, so as far as I'm concerned, all these people that have been told, I don't care who you name, I, I know how uh, uh, counterintelligence works. I know what they do, what they're told to say, why they say what they say, and counterintelligence is very sly. It's a very sly – if it's done properly, it, is, uh, it, it works incredibly well, where basically you believe you're an insider. You've got all the clearance. You're top secret SCI. You are, you know, um, need to know. Your Rhyolite clearance 38, uh, and you've been told that the there's going to be an alien invasion. It's going to be fake, and they give you all the details and all this blah 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 blah. But they're doing that because they know dagnabbed well that you're going to go shoot your mouth off <clears throat> and spread the false information out there. That's what they want. So, you know, if, if somebody thinks they're going to take, you know, a couple of dozen TR-3Bs, you know, and and fly over a city or two and trick everybody that there's an alien invasion coming up, come on, man, please. How dumb. I mean, that is just absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so anyway, as it turns out, supposedly, seems a little odd to me, I must admit. It seems weird, the timing, whatever. There's probably an ulterior motive. There always is. But... Uh, I have gotten uh, uh, wind that um, there are some essentially, I guess, draft bills in Congress or whatever. I don't know exactly how they're manifesting themselves or what form of governance they're going to be in. But the end result is uh, the lawmaker's uh, intention is to submit this paperwork to the three-letter agencies, you know, and and in particular the Pentagon, and say, you know, you have – have to tell us everything you know about aliens or else. Now, anybody who understands how the black ops stuff sort you know works, that is just the most ridiculous thing that anybody could have ever even dreamt of, let alone try to put on paper, but whatever, you know. Hey, we're crazy too. We believe in reptilians. All right, next thing next thing up, 2020 bogus fraudulent election. Don't forget about that, and we won't forget about that. You got the Dominion lawsuit, gets Tucker Carlson removed. Uh, what about wokeism? BLM has not ended. LGBT, LMNOP, children are being maimed. Uh, laws are being made out in California that suggest that your child, children will be taken away from you if you say anything against, uh, you know, uh, somebody in their school or something, convincing them that they're another sex, and, and it's it's absolutely out of control. People need to swing from the gallows in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But 
God's the one who's going to make that choice. All right, the WEF wanting us to eat bugs, cyber blackouts, power grid outages, the next pandemic coming up, 15-minute cities, central bank digital currencies, digital IDs, and don't forget your friendly local neighborhood FEMA camps. And we are watching out for the following major events. We are watching the Trump re-election in 2024, probably the most pivotal biblical end times event that there will be until things get really bad, which will happen during World War III and the real alien invasion that is going to occur, hopefully right after we depart on the barley harvest. Thank you, Jesus. The removal of Trump. I'll leave it at that. You can use your imagination. The next one is U.S. United States Civil War, probably uh, outbreaks of civil war in the European Union as well, because really the cause of the United States Civil War will be the removal of Trump. And when the people in the EU see how bad the situation is on a global level, not because they're in love with Trump or anything like that, but, but just because they realize how evil the evil actually is. And when that happens, well, I guarantee you the French are going to be in the streets at least, probably Germany and, and several other places. All right, um, martial law, United Nations troops are going to have to put them in the streets after the Civil War starts. That's, we already know about that. At, at some point or another, a ground-based nuke uh, uh, being set off in Chicago, which would be the reason for, you know, oh, look, the Russians did it. The Russians did it. And, of course, th- there would be your Pearl Harbor. Uh, next one up is Pacific Northwest Tsunami Megaquake, the Cascadia Subduction Zone Collapse. We know that's queued up. We just don't know when. Could be tomorrow. All right. A power grid outage. That's coming one way or the other. More pandemics. Those are coming one way or the other. Cosmic object or an asteroid hitting the sun causing a solar storm that causes major power outages. We know the power's going out one way or the other. Get your stuff gassed up. Uh, meteor showers causing major oil and gas fires. Collapse of the United States petrodollar and a financial collapse to follow. War with North Korea that ends up sinking a United States aircraft carrier. Direct missile attacks on foreign troops on American soil. Israeli jets launching tactical nukes at the Iran Fort Al facility, man-made biological attacks and pandemics kill millions, Libya Libya launches a nuclear-tipped missile into Israel, the Gog and Magog invasions causes 2 million people to die in Israel, seven major United States cities across the entire country are ground-based nuked, Russia, China, North Korea attacks on American soil, one or more major cataclysmic events with global impact, cosmic and possibly earthbound, red skies warning occurs across the entire world 24 hours prior to the gigantic meteor smashing into the Atlantic off the coast of Puerto Rico, which causes what? The great earthquake in Revelation chapter 6, verse 12, just before the day of the Lord. It's also found in Ezekiel 38. Hallelujah. All right, and then Matthew, and then uh, and, and then right after that meteor strike, you got a double mega tsunami wiping out pretty much the vast majority of the East Coast, the United States of Babylon killing 22 million, and then, um, uh, and heaven knows where the rest of that goes. And the whole earth Earth is going to end up shaking. That's why it's 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 a worldwide global shaking that's going to occur from this particular you know meteor or whatever. All right, praise God, thank you Jesus. So there's your little reminder of the things that we know that are heading our way. Though you know of all the things that I've been tracking now over all these years, twelve years, from so many different sources, many of them multiple con- multiple confirmations from multiple very godly Christians over long periods of time. No, uh, f- no friendship between them and the other sources. No collusion. No, none of that. And they, I, there's so many. There's so many confirmations. It's just that amazing. So, yes, I know there are other things that people have said are going to happen, and and I'm not saying they are. Or they aren't. The only thing that I did when I put this list together and updated it recently was I basically 
took a few more things that we learned about Trump, his, his reelection, his removal, uh, the Civil War component of that, woven in at the right place, you know, from a timeline perspective. But there's a lot of these things we don't know when they're going to happen. We have a pretty good idea that they are going to happen, but and some of them we know as a fact that they definitely are going to happen. But what I didn't want to do is throw too many of the smaller events. We know they're going to happen. I mean, there could be, when you think about it, wow, uh, two, three, four, five pandemics, you know, who knows? We don't know. I mean, uh, so again, um, you know, there's going to also be biological attacks. I left it out. It's just, you know, it's overkill. But anyway, um, uh, it's, you know, going to get real bumpy. All right. And uh, all I can say is praise God that we're aware of these things, because at least we know what it is we're looking out for. Okay. And so, you know, I've heard people say things like they think there's a possibility that Donald Trump will be taken out before the election. Um Nah, I don't. I don't get that feeling in my heart. I don't get. I don't feel that. I don't feel that at all. I. I don't think that would have enough impact on the psyche of the average Babylonian American to, you know, grab all their guns, go into the street, and start shooting people. I mean, they need it to be many. many pe- people need. The people, the conservative, let's just call them conservative, the conservative right of this country, whatever form they come in, and boy, do they come in a lot of forms, all right? They are going to have to perceive the event of Donald Trump being taken out as being the absolute last chance for this country's survival. That's, That's the bottom line. It has to be that bad. Otherwise, it will not have the impact necessary to cause the magnitude of outbreak of civil war that is part of the plan. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyway, on that note, let's go directly into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, It's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So um, I guess for the, you know, just to put a little bit of a, a spin of hope onto the uh, onto the program. I always like to add a little bit of hope in here, uh, and, and we have awesome hope. I mean, come on, folks. You know, we, we really, when it comes right down to it, I mean, as burdensome as it truly is for us to know the things that we do know, isn't it better to know those burdensome things than to not? I mean, think of. What a disadvantage it would be to be one of our Christian brothers and sisters who are not aware of these things and the fact that they're heading right for us like a freight train. Okay, that that's a pretty awkward place to be, and it's going to catch a lot of people off guard. And the Bible warns about this over and over and over again. Watch ye, therefore, watch ye, therefore, yet lest you will not see the, you know, and all that kind of thing. So anyway, um, yes, it's a blessing, but yes, it's also a burden. It comes comes with it a a burden of understanding, and also 
Well, I don't know. I don't want to get into all of it. But, yeah, it can be, you know, you can get to a point where you're like, if I see one more LGBT, LMNOP thing on blah, blah, I'm going to, you know, flip out and whatever. Okay, because, but anyway, this is good news. Papakata pedal. So, anyway, I got a news report on my, I have a little uh, thing, uh, uh, I think it's called Volcano Alert or something like that. And you can actually go in and program it and tell it to alert you when a specific volcano is you know doing something so anyway i got an alert on papacata pedal this morning i was like all right and um and anyway so yesterday i you know providing that i have my dates correct uh this let me see here i'm squinting my eyes june maybe it's about four or five days ago but anyway uh this thing once again welcome back up again and the explosions and such are very powerful, they say, uh, and uh, they actually call them explosive eruptions. All right, so again, uh, this thing hasn't died out. It hasn't gone quiet. It just takes a little break, and then it comes right back to life again. So that keeps the suspense, uh, uh, you know, going uh, regarding that particular sign uh, that certainly leads to a whole portfolio of apocalyptic events that could easily be woven into a tapestry of a relatively short period of time. And they all do fit together rather supernaturally praise god and thank you for, thank you jesus for randy hecker and revealing these things to him all right hallelujah all right the next one up is uh, a headline all right and it, it is entitled trump is amping up his rhetoric against the deep state of course we would expect this he's already used some pretty strong language of course the stronger his language gets the, you know and they believe him they believe him and he's not he believes himself and uh, and the people that follow him do believe him so everybody believes what he says he's going to do okay and, and the ones that are worried are the ones who think he might actually be able to do that or be left, at, you know, given enough power as, as next president to be able to do some of these things, which he would. He would be able to dismantle an awful lot of the things that Obama has put in place. OK, and that would really be a major setback to these lizard people, these creatures from the bowels of hell. All right. So anyway, let's listen to this little uh, Donald Trump, um, uh, you know, announcement thing. He's uh, doing a little speech and let's listen to this. All right. Praise God. Here we go. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers from our government. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists. Marxist and fascist, and we will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media, and we will defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will liberate America from these villains once and for all. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. So anyway, there you have it. Now, you know, I would have been on the fence, admittedly so, because how would I have known for sure one way or the other? Because um, Trump has not been, you know, all that. 
to those of us who believe in certain things, you know, like purity and honesty and no pride and, you know, godliness and repenting for sin and things like that, which Donald Trump hasn't ever had a part of. Uh, but at the, on, the, on the flip side of that, um, you know, you really never know whether or not someone's in on it, someone isn't in on it. There are still those out there that just automatically believe that if you're a billionaire, you have to be in on it. I am not one of those. I know too much history. I know it like the back of my hand, and I know who JFK was. I know who the Anassas family is. You know, it's no, they eat their young. It doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, does he mean this? I think he does. Um, and are they afraid of him? I still believe with all of my heart that they are, in fact, afraid of them. And the reason why is because that executive director of the Rhodes Roundtable uh, coming out and explaining to people uh, that, you know, it, it, you know, is basically whistleblowing and letting people know that they, the Rhodes Roundtable, and they're at the tippity top of the Committee of 300. Let me tell you something. They, they're on the inner, 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 inner court of the satanic control grid. Okay. And so when this uh, fellow came forward and uh, kind of whistle blew on him and let, and let people know publicly that they were completely taken off guard uh, by Trump winning that election, which doesn't surprise me, especially because of the way that the mainstream media was acting. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was crazy. But anyway, um, that was that was the, that's what I needed that I needed that tidbit of confirmation from someone who is at a very high level in the global satanic crime syndicate to confirm that they were indeed blown away and totally caught off guard by Trump winning the 2016 election. So that confirms what we already would assume, which is this rhetoric is not fake. He intends to do what he says he's going to do. The people that are backing him and who wouldn't, really? I mean, we're all sick and tired of this stuff that's going on around us. I mean, you know, even if we want to go home to see Jesus, even if we want to go to the wedding supper, even if we would like to see the end times things speed up a little bit, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But you know what? At this point, after 12 plus years or whatever, I'm at a point right now where I'm so worn out from all of this stuff. You know, at the end of the day, I'm just like, you know, I would love to get it all over with. I would love a big fat nuclear bomb to go off above my head for them to take out McDill Air Force Base and for me to vape rise at ground zero. I would love it. I want to go home. I cannot wait to go home. I have absolutely no reason other than doing this show to even be here on this earth, except to get fat eating big fat hamburgers that I grilled out back, uh, you know, uh, over the 4th of July or something, you know, but th that's about it. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't get any pleasure from my career. I've done it all and I really have. And, uh, you know, there's just, it's not like, you know, anything's going to change to me. It's, it's like, Hey, I rake leaves for a living and I have a rake in my hand and I'm going back to rake some more leaves. It's more of an annoyance than anything else, but praise God, it's a waste of human means and I praise you, Jesus, and thank you for my job and I praise you for every other person that still has a job out there in the midst of a very weird world that we live in right now. All right, now this is fascinating. This is Alex Jones being interviewed on another radio program, which I didn't look into. I don't really care whose radio program it is, uh, but um, what he says is rather... Incredible. And here we go. Let's take a listen to this. Oh, okay. Why don't I have anything? There we go. I mean, they're succeeding in a civil war in, right now in Russia. I mean, yeah, the globalist hijacked the most powerful country in the world with all our ingenuity and all our money and all our power, and the world's in deep trouble. Um, and, and again, it's not like I'm saying China or Russia are good either. It's just, it's, it's just a monstrous situation. And if people don't get serious to get out of their comfort zones, 
Uh, yeah, I think they'll. I mean, I think they're going to demonize him and die him and die him and die him and die him. And then I, I think they'll blow his airplane up. I, I really, at a gut level, believe they're going to kill Trump. Who's this? Trump? Uh, I mean, I mean, I believe the deep state establishment will murder him. I mean, I believe he's going to steadfast go through all this. Uh, he'll be, he'll be thirty points ahead in the primaries. Nothing's going to stop him. And then they just, uh, you know, he dies of a heart attack or because they poison him or they blow his airplane up. And I think, and, and Trump, by the way, has talked to Roger and others and said, I'm ready to die. I'm committed. I'm going all the way. So you think, you think if they, if they, you know, you're saying they're going to do that, they would have already done it. Like, why haven't they already done it? Because no, that saying. turns him into a martyr and they, and they'd rather assassinate the they person. That, they yeah. saw how, what JFK did to him. I mean, this will be 50. I mean, look, they are not the higher ups and some of their smarter ones are not stupid. They're like, if we, if we kill him. It'll cause way bigger problems down the road. Don't do it. But before they let him get in charge and prosecute them, which Trump said he will, he goes, I'm getting in, I'm gonna, I'll be destroyed, and you'll be destroyed with me, or they'll be destroyed. It's a death battle. This isn't like some cage fight with Zuckerberg. And everybody's like, oh, Zuckerberg and, and Elon Musk, biggest thing ever. Yeah, great. Two modern emperors, tech titans. When Rome was collapsing, they had emperors as gladiators. Now, the movie Gladiator is actually, again, a composite of a bunch of true stories. That really happened. And, and the whole point is, while we're all watching – this stupid stuff in the submarine and the gladiators, literally the president who uh, I, I believe won the election, not supposed to say that, oh, you know, he, he oh, barely lost, um, Trump, now to have them put him in jail so he can't vote for him or whatever, it's just not going to fly. It's not going to happen. And so, but, but at the same time, you saw what Comey and others said on TV, well, whatever we do, we got to stop him. Yep. He can't be allowed in because he'll put us in prison. And remember, you can pull this clip up, Biden said um, – Last December, like December 13th, as I put the clip last week on my show, he said repeatedly, uh, Biden says we will not allow Trump to be president again. And he says we'll use whatever we have to with law enforcement and the Constitution to make sure he's not president. And he just laughs arrogantly. He's like, <laughs> people are like, hey, what about Hunter? He's like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's lunacy. Uh, but, but time's running out. So they still have the power. They're still the executive in control. So if you're the guy with the doomsday button, you can hit it. You think you win, but you blow yourself up at the same time. Yep. So they will, they've already destroyed themselves. The only question is, can they take us with them? All right. Praise God. Well said. So there you go. There's another one. Um, I, um, it's, just, <laughs> it's like uh, not too many shows have to go by before we get either a prophetic or a visionary confirmation uh, of what, you know, or somebody speculating, uh, whether it be an ex-New uh, York uh, law enforcement uh, official or whoever. But there have been a, well, a pretty big number of people who said exact, essentially in so many words, uh, you know, what uh, Alex Jones just speculated as well. Uh, so, um, and boy, that, that, that could be a whole radio show, really, because there are so many clips, so many sound bites. Uh, there's so many articles to read, and it's just, to me, it's, you know, for sure, it's going to happen. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. They need it to happen. It, 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 it's, it, when you take all the different pieces that, you know, have to go together and the Civil War and all that stuff and the U.N. troops, martial law, blah, 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 you need that magnitude of an event to kick it off because conservative people are not stupid. OK, and I, I don't know even know what to think about the left. I don't I don't have I'm just going to stay out of that. I'm staying out of that playpen. But as a general rule, the one thing that you could usually say, and speaking in, in, in the terms of generalities, about 
the difference between, you know, the left and the right is that conservatives are what the word means, conservative, okay? They are conservative. They are not quick to the trigger. They are not going to go out and uh, walk around naked and paint their bodies strange colors and make proclamations or, you know, it, 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 it's the very word conservative says, it says it all. But let me tell you, don't think for a second you can't press enough buttons to cause, you know, the big red lever to fall. All right. So if that isn't, you know, interesting and concerning enough, uh, then you've got this big, gigantic, pride-sickening event that made it all over the social media outlets. Uh, make, they had to make sure they get their publicity. And um, sure enough, uh, yeah. Here it is. I'll just go ahead and play it. These are people dressed in all sorts of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah outfits, and uh, it's not as much what they're dressed as, which is bad enough. It's more what they are saying, which is worse than worse than bad. All right, let's go ahead and pull this up. Okay, here we go. Listen, careful. So there you have it. We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children. <laughs> okay, whatever. It's just another catalyst to add to the incentive for a complete Civil War, uh, Second Amendment takeover of the country, which is exactly what the founding fathers intended for the Second Amendment. That was the whole purpose for the Second Amendment. That the whole I am an anti-gun person because I am a citizen of heaven. My citizenship is in heaven, Philippians 3.20. Okay, so I, I'm, you know, a servant of Jesus. What did what did Jesus say to Pontius Pilate? He said, "If my servants were from here, they would fight." But my world is not from here. All right, this isn't our world. Okay, this isn't our battle. But you know, and plus, it doesn't take an awful lot of common sense to understand that Satan wants us dead. They want us dead. They want to reduce the population of the world. What better way than to have us all kill each other? Anyway. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But we don't, we don't need to be concerned about it. But anybody who does truly understand even an inkling of history of this country, uh, the founding fathers, the whole purpose for the Second Amendment was so that if the government ever did get out of control, like it is now, that they would be able to mount up militias and go in by force and take out the renegade government. That was the whole purpose of the Second Amendment. All right, anyway, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Malaria detected in the South. Wait a minute, I'm going to have to squeeze in on these reports, make sure I can see them clearly. Okay, yes, malaria detected in the southern part of the United States for the first time in, drumroll please, 20 years, and they're referring to Florida and Texas, have reported a combined total of five cases, noting the patients are improving from their symptoms. Okay, that is not a disease that I want to get. I can tell you that. I have uh, I know a little bit about how horrible it is if you do get it, and I don't want to go anywhere near it. Thank goodness I have my hydroxychloroquine. Come and get me. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. 
High temperatures, humidity scorch, part of the United, uh, United States South as flights are delayed. And it goes on to say the residents in parts of the United States Sunbelt states, which include all southern United States from California to Florida, should take extra precautions as high temperatures are expected to increase this week. The National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration Weather Prediction Center said on Tuesday. And some of the places are supposed to hit as high as, ready? 120 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty high. All right, next one up. How would you survive? Desperation grows as Iraq water crisis. And there are other places in the world that this same dynamic is happening. The, the, uh, the, the droughts that are occurring on grand scales right now are, are totally apocalyptic. Uh, and um, in this particular case, it's talking about Ramadi, Iraq, uh, mentioning that this particular location, over 13,000 residents uh, want to leave but can't leave because they don't have the means to leave but have absolutely no no more water available, and they don't know what they're going to do. But you, you can take this same dynamic that's happening there, and you can duplicate it all over Africa, all over different parts. Even in South America, there are some spots. So, um, you know, again, the pestilence, famine, uh, all of that stuff that Jesus told us about in the Olivet Discourse and warned us about that were signs for the times that we're in right now. I mean, how can we miss it? I mean, how much of your frontal cortex, your gray matter would have to be scraped out of your head. How long would Hannibal Lecter have to munch out on your head to get you to not be able to see all this stuff? (laughs) Okay. I mean, you would have to be first completely and utterly oblivious about what the Bible says, which, by the way, matches one and probably fits about 90% of the people in the world. So that's, that puts you at a, you know, an, an immediate uh, disadvantage uh, with, with uh, logarithmic uh, uh, um, you know, ignorance, all right? But, so that's a problem. And then, um, and then of, of those people, how many people are just, you know, they go home, uh, you know, they drive their whatever, 40 minutes to get home, they walk inside, they eat mac and cheese with the kids, they make a comment about, boy, the chicken sure is expensive, and, and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing, and then they go in and they sit down in front of CNN for, CNN for a couple of hours. And, and they wake up the next day and do the whole thing all over again. I actually know people that do that. I'm, uh, you know, I, I, anyway, I'm, you know, my, my, uh, I'm almost positive my daughter's husband does it like that. Uh, but anyway, praise God, you know, love the guy, but, and he's very intelligent. And that's the thing that's so shocking about it all. When a person is an unbeliever, the, their susceptibility to incredible ignorance and incredible vulnerability is it cannot be stated. You just cannot quantify it. You cannot give it a score. It is beyond belief. And so for those of us who are sitting there with complete dismay and befuddlement on our face, it's because they don't believe. They don't believe in the Bible. They don't believe in end times. They don't believe in any of this stuff happening. And they just figure that the government's going to do what it's always done. And it's going to protect my way of life. And I'm going to worry more about the new shed that I'm going to build in my backyard because I don't really care. And I'm going to go to work and I'm going to get that, get that promotion and blah, 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 sis, boom, blah, and other thing. And you're sitting there looking at them going like, you got to be kidding me. How can you miss this stuff? Next one up. 
Video says uh, Biden trans, quote, health official claims gender surgery on kids is, quote, literally suicide prevention care, according to our precious, uh, just wonderful, commanding and military Admiral Rachel Levine. What that is, I don't know. It says the Biden administration transgender assistant for secretary of health has declared that gender affirming care, blocking puberty, removing genitals and adding fake ones and blah, 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 and all this other stuff is necessary to keep people from killing themselves. (laughs) Nuremberg. Next one up. We could eat malignant chicken tumors by the bucket load. Lab-grown meats impending cancer problem, according to this particular article. And supposedly a supporting link over to a Bloomberg story. There are specialists in this area that feel passionately that creating these strange lab-grown meats is going to, well, cause a massive cancer pandemic. Now, Now, if you add it, If that risk is, uh, you know, correct, uh, then you kind of layer that over a large population of people who have extremely vulnerable immune systems caused by the spike protein and all the other creepy weirdness that they've been getting injected with. Then, it, you know, it's just going to the numbers, you know, suddenly dead numbers are going to go through the roof. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Health officials launch new vaccination campaign as MPOX, monkeypox, makes a comeback in Colorado. I can, you know, it makes a comeback. I mean, it's almost like you're going to like an Elvis conference or, a con, you know, concert or something. Monkeypox has made a comeback. I have, I have a shirt that it's kind of funny. It's actually a really, really well-made T-shirt. It's, it says, um, it says, donkeypox is destroying America. <laughs> I thought that was funny enough to buy one. But anyway, eh, I'm not much of a T-shirt wearing person out in public. And besides, I don't want to, you know, I want to make, I want to size up my audience. If I walk into a public place, I want to make sure that I'm not walking into, a, I just don't feel like getting my butt kicked. Okay. It's simple as that. I think a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of, um, you know, tactical calculating, smart, well-thought-out steps in life right now are probably in order, okay? I, although I have a Jesus sign on the back of my car that would attract any one of these entities, I don't know what to call them, uh, that are of grave danger to any, and I guess any Christian, really, at this point. It's pretty bad. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Jerusalem Post reports two rockets fired at Israel from the West Bank for the first time in 18 years. Why is this significant? Because the West Bank is argued by Israel to be their territory. So essentially what that means is that either Hezbollah or some other faction of the Iranian army has, or or whatever, uh, their proxy warriors, have moved in to the actual West Bank itself to give them an advantage uh, from a missile firing trajectory and and penetration into into Israel. So that is, uh, you know, if that's the first time it's happened in 18 years, that's a pretty significant article and one of great concern, especially given the times that we live in right now. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. (laughs) 
Charisma News. Christian persecution intensifies in China with mandatory worship apps. So now they have to load application, a special application on their phone, uh, you know, along with all of their other tracking things and digital IDs and social credit score gizmos and facial scanning things to find out if they're even able to access a, a porta potty or whatever. But now they got to put a little app on their little thing to let, you know, if they're going to go to any kind of a church of any kind, if they're going to do anything of that sort, they they got to log into that app and they got to put in the information that the app asks for so they can be tracked going to do whatever it is that it is they're going to do now where this is going to lead ah, we're just going to have to wait and see i'm sure we will hear soon enough and it ain't going to be good that's for sure next one up five people come in contact with uh, contract malaria in the united states borders first such cases in two decades this report says i'm not gonna, like i said i'm not going to freak out about it and munch up all my hydroxychloroquine over it um but it's known as the daily pill in lands parts of uh, africa where malaria is extremely prevalent uh and so the people that work over there doctors without borders etc cetera, etc cetera, they carry uh hydroxychloroquine in their pockets you know in piles you know they have like you know 50 tablets or whatever and they just walk around and they pop them like chiclets i mean it's, it's they call it the daily pill okay so anyway next one up hallelujah veteran biology professor professor teaches scientific fact that sex is determined by chromosomes y and chromosomes x gets fired after four students walked out of his reproductive class accusing him of religious preaching. Yeah, that one, there's a good 30 minutes with Hannibal Lecter. All right, next one up. A biblical plague, millions of Mormon crickets invade Nevada, a Nevada town, and I, I actually saw the live video on this. I don't know what a Mormon cricket is, and if there's a Mormon cricket, is there a Pentecostal cricket? And if there's a Pentecostal cricket, is there a Church of God cricket? And if there's a Church of God cricket, is there an Assembly of God cricket? And if there's an Assembly of God cricket, is there a, a Lutheran cricket, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, where does this stop? Nobody knows. How many different kinds of crickets are there? And then there was another article that said red crickets or blood crickets or something like that were invading another part, and I'm like, okay, which is it? Mormon crickets, red crickets, blood crickets, whose kind of crickets are they? And how many are there? But there were a lot. I will say that. I looked at the video and I was going, mm, that's not normal at all. It's not normal. It's not normal. It's just wrong. Wow. Wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. Thousands in North Korea join anti-United States rallies on the Korean War anniversary. Tens of uh, thousands of North Koreans marched in anti-U.S. rallies over the weekend, pledging merciless revenge against the United States imperialists. I wonder if Helter Skelter, Helter Skelter was there. I'm sure she was soaking up the evil energy. <laughs> oh, boy. So much fun over in North Korea these days. Next one up. State moving to do exactly what the Supreme Court said it could not do. Now, I could read this article, and it'll talk about the Supreme Court voting this, that, and the other thing, and somebody, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But I'll jump over to the next article, which is entitled, Michigan is Criminalizing Opinions. So for anybody out there who is even in the slightest bit doubtful that this Gretchen Whitmer is some kind of a principality or shape-shifting creature from, you know, a t how could you – Doubt it for a second. This 
This is like Gavin Newsom stuff. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Brother Lauren Peterson. Hallelujah. Here we go. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, wouldn't you know it, of all the... No, I'm going to... I think this is it. Hold on a second. Brother Lauren, are you there? I'm here. I guessed right. There was another area code that was really close to yours, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is, is, am, am I, is my mind being tricked? Am I, is it one of those things, those creatures to try to trick my mind with some sort of telepathic, you know? They're here. They are. So anyway, glad to have you. Hey, it's good to be back. (laughs) I know. I have to to set aside my big uh, pail of cornflakes for a moment to be on this show. (laughs) Wasn't it like a big mixer? Didn't Jethro eat like out of one of those really big mixing bowls that your mom used to use (laughs) back in the late 50s? Wasn't that what it was? It it was too big and round to... It, 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 you you remember the bowl, right? It was really big, probably about six to eight inches tall and about at least a foot across. Yeah, some kind of big mixing bowl. Yeah, I, you know, I, I took right after Jethro, man. Let me tell you, we had a lot in common. I used to make some gigantic cornflake uh, bowl, bowls of cornflake. I would I would sprinkle uh, cinnamon over the top. Now that now you better watch out for that. Kids will start a fight in the playground over that. That meal, let me tell you something, that is some good stuff. Cinnamon sprinkled over yeah. the top of uh, sugar-frosted flakes. Look out! <laughs> hey, Spanky, sit down. Spanky, sit down. Spanky's like heading my way. No, 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 no. I'm in the middle of the show. Sit down. Sit with the kids. Oh, gosh. So unruly. You, you talk about cinnamon and cornflakes and kids just, they get a bee in their bonnet. They start jumping all around. It's, it's hard to control them. Uh, so <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's it going? You seen any shape shifting reptilians in the bottom of your creepy uh, uh, ICBM uh, deserted missile silo in your backyard? Uh, you know, wasn't your lawnmower? You were driving around trying to, and then you hit this bump, and you heard a clinky clink, and then you're, and then you next thing you know, you're crawling down into some discarded old missile silo from who knows when. Hmm. That's right, and and there's all these ex, these um, barrels of Lysol, you know, and uh, something else. I guess uh, oh, yeah. rumor has it that they get the aliens get drunk on that stuff. So, <laughs> it's tr- it, yes, it's true. And the other thing you always want to have in your apocalyptic hideout are uh, tasty cake butterscotch crimpets. It is proven as a fact that they can last through a direct hit of a nuclear bomb at ground zero, completely intact, and be just as nutritious and delicious as ever. You've got to have those around. <laughs> Butterscotch Crippets, that's for him by name. <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> oh, man, this is mandatory survival stuff here. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so, I, I've also so heard first... if you leave them stuck, I'm gonna, you, you can use them as a weapon. <laughs> In self-defense. Okay. <laughs> anyway. yeah. so, so the person might be atomized, but the crimpets will still be there. 
Um, yeah, nothing will take out a crimpet. In fact, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how they get through the, your digestive system, but I'm pretty sure it's relatively intact. But anyway, that, there's something about the squishiness of the, the – I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway, it's outside. It's kind of scientific. We'll have to call Dr. Fauci. I'm sure he has an answer for everything, you know. Anyway, That's right. What are you going to Oh, he does. Yeah, that guy's Just ask him. You know? <laughs> no, really. Yeah. I, I mean, the last thing I heard was Fauci kicked the butt of Bill Nye, the science guy, right down the street into the next dimension. I mean, Bill Nye is like, forget it. I'm not doing science anymore. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. That one flew right over your head like a butterscotch caribbean. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Oh, boy. It's all good. Yeah. So what are we talking about tonight? Tell me why my 10-inch tablet that that shows the front yard of my house so I can keep my eyes on reptilians running around, um, how, how come it always keeps running out of batteries? How come the thing – it's always plugged in. It should never say it's running out of batteries. You know, I don't like, you know, well, I don't like being cut off from being able to see reptilians. It's because the reptilians are running around, running around out in front of your house are absorbing the energies from your batteries. Oh, they're draining the batteries. Oh, now yeah, that does make a lot of, of them, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got another question. I don't know if you know Padre yeah. Pio or not personally, or if he's even still alive, but I need to know if anybody out there, jbaptist777 at gmail.com, okay? jbaptist777 at gmail.com. Please do let me know the answer. I need to know. Okay, but during the three days of darkness, just in case somehow, by for some unexplainable reason, I ought, I might miss the barley harvest. I'm hoping that is not going to be the case. But let's say we're here, all right? And what in the world? Okay, I need to know if during the three days of darkness, you know how they tell you you're not supposed to like look out the windows and keep your windows drawn and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Does that count for security cameras? In other words, you know, you're, supposed to get, you're not supposed to look outside because there's, like, indignation happening and alien civilizations, are, and they're wiping out people and ravaging children and all kinds of horrible things. Like, it says in Isaiah 13, and you're not supposed to open your windows, and uh, you're supposed to, you know, stay in your chambers for a little while until the indignation is passed. Isaiah 26, 20, I believe it is. You know, I want to know, can you get around that no peeking rule by using a security camera? <laughs> All right, my guess, my guess is during that three days of darkness, it's going to be a very unusual, um, non-standard period of time, which would implicate, imply that the normal physics and electronics are not going to work during that time. So that means that electricity is not going to work. That means that if you happen to have uh, solar panels that uh, – you know, you've you got solar panels, or maybe um, electrical companies are driving from solar panels. Even wind wind turbines, they're going to be offline. None of that stuff's going to work. In fact, okay. it might okay. even imply that the Earth's Earth's electromagnetic uh, sphere or uh, alignment is going to be in a flux, a state of flux. Okay, so the normal electronics you, you, uh, probably won't be working. So the only light you might have is if you happen to have uh, candles and or maybe kerosene lanterns or something, something very low-tech that's not dependent upon modern electronics kind of stuff. 
Well, I, I, I'm a little that, bit troubled about that because I just paid a boatload of money for some three days of darkness gas stabilizer. Okay. Yeah. It's well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it says right, right on the bottle. Well, see, it says certified for the three days of darkness. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Got it at Home Depot. It's all special. <laughs> Yeah, so the the uh, the powers of be know that the, that time period is coming up, so that may be a one of the reasons for the big their big push to go all electric to get us off of fossil fuels, um, so that we're all um, sitting ducks. You know, when the when the lights go out, the power goes out, we're all sitting ducks. Most most people will be sitting ducks, but. If you have candles like a 72 hours, I would double that amount, you know, um, of candles and or kerosene lanterns. Very low tech, but but will keep the lights on in your where you're at. And you don't want to be looking outside the window, even a camera, because what we're looking, what we're dealing with here, three days of darkness. There's a lot of actual physics going on during. 72 hours of pure darkness. This isn't just, um, you know, like electricity going out or something. This is going to be darkness in its fullest understanding. And it's going to be every evil entity that exists will be out there. And if you have a security camera that still works and you're looking at your, your display screen through a camera outside, those entities have the power to reach through your camera into your CRT, into your soul, and snatch you right out of your flesh body at the very moment you look upon them. Not if I have a butterscotch crimp it, they won't be able to. <laughs> we got to understand our defensive weapons. Oh, well, anyway, talk. everybody up in Philadelphia knows about that. Tasty cakes. Philadelphia. It's the only thing Philadelphia ever created that was worth a darn. Anyway, and Twinkies are just as dangerous. They really are, so don't, you know, don't rule them out. But the butterscotch crimpets, at least they taste a little bit, quite a bit better than a Twinkie. All right, so anyway, I don't know where, where you are going to take us on our journey tonight, but I am going to go ahead and turn the microphone over to you. As always, it has been fun <laughs> and funny yeah. because you yeah. are a funny guy. Everybody no, tells me that. I mean, every single show, I get at least 50 emails going, man, that Peterson's a funny guy. Where does he come up with all this stuff? No, no I'm kidding. Know. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, yeah. my goodness. All right, so let me go ahead and toss the mic over to you and let you run with it, because I know once you get ramped up, it's going to get pretty interesting. So thank you so much okay. for joining us. God bless you. You, you bet this might uh, go for two hours if you got, well, uh, about an hour and 45 minutes if you got the time tonight uh, to keep me rolling. But <clears throat> first of all, this, I'm going to deep dive into some serious stuff. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you for being able to come together tonight in this format that can reach people all over the world. And we just ask in your name and release your anointing uh, on this format and upon every listener Tonight and in the podcast, we release your anointing, your understanding, your wisdom, and the mysteries that are embedded in your word, but especially your love for your people. And even for the lost, even for the wicked, we release your love throughout the world, that the latter day reigns will be much more than the former day reigns, that even the wicked 
many amongst even them will repent and cry out unto your name for salvation. In thy name we pray, amen. So, folks, it's three days in darkness. It's like uh, we, we can look in the Bible in the uh, Exodus story to get a clue what that would be like. But in this time around, this three days of darkness, 72-hour period, most likely is going to be perhaps a combination of that asteroid strike in the, the uh, Caribbean coupled with the return of planet X, Nibiru, uh, whatever you want to call it, that will its orbit will end up between the Earth and the Sun and cause a complete solar blackout of all light. So if, okay, so picture, for example, nukes going off, you know, World War III nukes going off. That's going to kick up a lot of debris up in the upper atmosphere and or volcanoes going off. You know, already uh, major volcano eruptions going around have kicked up a lot of debris in the upper atmosphere. That can, can and is influencing our weather patterns. All right. So there's another a number of things that can influence weather patterns, and but in addition to uh, mankind doing it in, in the form of weather wars, you know, weather wars like HARP and other technologies that can influence weather. So there's all kinds of things that can influence weather, and uh, even in the Midwest here, what you know, since the last ice age, about roughly 10,000 years have transpired, right? So the um, the, the landscape, the weather has had 10,000 years to get to where we're at today, you know, with the aquifers, with the lakes, the mountains, the streams, uh, the wildlife, everything, the, the uh, plant life, 10,000 years. And now for the last 100 years, we've drained it all. What Mother Nature took 10,000 years to accomplish, we've undone in 100 years, okay, <laughs> through our Industrial Revolution and exploiting resources and uh so we've been incredibly poor and bad stewards of what god has entrusted into our care as well as greed so like the aquifers here in the midwest and uh the the great lakes and lakes and aquifers in california sell all billions and billions of gallons of water to the chinese and then wonder why there's a drought Okay. Again, what took Mother Nature 10,000 years to accomplish with overflowing aquifers and, and fresh streams and lakes and abundant resources everywhere you look has only taken us 100 years through greed to destroy it all. That's what happens when we don't of God's laws. Okay, so this three days of darkness is more than just, um, you know, like the lights are out, okay, kind of thing. So picture some natural disasters happening, you know, a hurricane, tornado, fires, you know, the electricity goes out, and it could be days, it could be weeks, even months sometimes for some people, like in the northeast, those horrific snowstorms that knock power out, could be a couple months before power gets restored for some of those people. Okay, so they know what it's like. People all over the planet knows what it's like to go for a long period of time without electricity. All right, but this is not talking about just a lack of electricity. This is talking about 
Okay, so like nukes going off and volcanoes kicking up a lot of debris up in the upper atmosphere that then reflects sunlight from reaching the Earth's surface. But what I'm talking about is when Planet X, which is much bigger than Earth, uh, goes between the Earth and the sun, causing a complete cessation of the sun's light itself from even getting to the Earth's upper atmosphere. There will be no light to even bounce off all that debris in the upper atmosphere. No light at all. And we know it takes about approximately eight minutes for the sunlight from the sun to the earth. What do you think is going to happen in 72 hours of no light at all reaching the earth's surface? The weather systems? Don't you think that's going to impact earth's electromagnetic sphere that to a great degree, shields us from solar radiation, okay? And to really understand what, what it means, a complete cessation of all light to this planet, we have to go back to, to the Genesis creation story on day four. And in my understanding of things, it's my opinion, you don't have to believe me, you, you know, you can believe somebody else what, what their interpretation of the six days of creation is all about, but my opinion, due to my research, is that, and what I feel the Lord has shown me over the years, is the six days of creation story is in more accurately the six day ages of restoration of the fallen third. And that then gets into a well, fallen third of what? The fallen third of the original creation that used to be part of the original creation, but something happened between verse 1 and verse 2 that caused a deviation from the original into an altered state. Okay, and that involves what we call the angel wars, Lucifer, Luciferian rebellion and the angel wars. So that's a whole big panoramic right there, right? But it's all right there in Scripture. Okay, you just have to know where it is. And um, so day four, according to the... if. The six day days are not seventy are are not twenty four hour periods, but are ages. The Hebrew word behind the English word day is y o m yom yom and can mean age. Okay, so it's not likely. It's very unlikely that everything happened in six 24 hours of time. And I know there's Christians out there that'll stake their eternity that that's what it does mean. But there's Christians out there that'll stake their eternity that the earth is flat, covered with a hard dome above it. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so God's, the God we serve is nothing but a big ant farmer. You know, we're just a bunch of little ants down here on this flat, flat piece of turf, you know. And he's got a dome so the ants can't escape from, from the ant farm. And wow, what a wonderful, magnificent God we serve, a God of, who's an ant farmer. I'm sorry, folks. My God is so much bigger than an ant farmer, okay, so much bigger. Um, <clears throat> and so six 24-hour periods of time, that's what I grew up in in the traditional model i grew up under the traditional model so in the beginning of my journey that's what i believed in because that's what i was taught but the lord showed me in my opinion otherwise it's six day ages and so if we understand the six days as ages it opens up 
the dialogue to a whole lot of stuff that can happen even within each age. And one of the keys to, un to unravel that mystery is found right in the six, first six days. Each of the six days begins in darkness and ends in light. Now, in our traditional model and our myopic views on things, okay, um, we interpret that traditionally as being, well, that's the 24-hour period right there, day and night, you know, night and day kind of thing. But no, the deeper understanding is that each of those six days that begins in darkness, the darkness of each of those six days has its origin in the darkness found in verse 2. Something catastrophic happened between verse 1 and verse 2 that caused a darkness that had never existed before, that caused a darkness that in the six ages that followed that, God is dealing with something or some things and some ones within each of those six ages. He's dealing with something that of darkness that had its origin back in that verse 2 that had its origin in the angel wars and then ultimately the Luciferian rebellion. Okay, So when you start putting all the pieces together, it makes sense. And it's right there in Scripture. We don't necessarily have to go beyond or outside the Bible. But there are indications in other books, like the Book of Enoch and other books, that support what's already there in Scripture. But the powers that be have led us down the primrose path of destruction, right? The Pied Pipers, that that, uh, and the uh, you know pastors and everybody that goes to cemeteries to learn about the Bible. I, I'm sorry, the, the cemeteries, uh, whatever they are, you know. <laughs> go to the cemetery to learn about the Bible, okay, um, instead of going to the source, the one who wrote them, whose word is it? <laughs> is it Pastor Bob's word or is it God's word? Okay. And I like what you mentioned earlier um, tonight, John, about how our, how our prayers can be hin hindered and what the dark side can do with them, and how the dark side can appear as angels of light. Well, you know what? The reason there's a logical reason why the, the <laughs> these dark dark beings can appear as angels of light, and why Lucifer himself can appear as an angel of light, because that's what they used to be before the angel wars, before Lucifer himself rebelled. They were all angels of light. God did not create them from the get-go as angels of darkness, you know. He didn't create Lucifer with a hidden flaw. Read Ezekiel 28, verses 12 through 19, and right there in the middle of, of that sequence is verse 15. And right in the middle of that verse 15 is a singular word, till. I like the contracted form, T-I-L, because on that three letters, right in the smack dab middle of those three letters is the letter I. And that's exactly how it all began. I, the I of Lucifer. And once you connect with that truth, then that I 
in that three-letter word connects over to the five I wills in uh, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. So that would be 13 and 14 that mention his five I wills. So volumes could be written just on that, connecting those two those uh, scriptures there. Volumes could be written. Okay. So verse 15, going back to 28. And he was perfect in all his ways. So does that sound, and, and you go read up on the verses prior to that, like 13, 14, then 15a. God did not create Lucifer with a hidden flaw. He created Lucifer perfect from the get-go, and Lucifer remained perfect for an unknown eons of time. And then in the middle of verse 15, until, or till, iniquity was found in him. So something happened that caused iniquity to rise up in him that then ended up in a full-scale angel wars in the heavens. A real nuts and bolts war. Tangible weapons. But on a scale, such so high end of a scale that for most of us would escape even our imagination. And Hollywood has gotten a good hold, though, in like Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Atlantis, SG-1, you know. A lot of these movies that have come out dealing with aliens and stuff, okay, Hollywood has really gotten a, a better grip on things than a, most Christians do. So early on in my walk, when uh, first Star Wars came out in 1977, it's like big neon lights going off in my head. I knew exactly what it's talking about, especially when the Death Star blew Alderaan. I already knew. I knew from watching that. That's what happened in our own solar system. We had our own Star Wars here between Mars and Jupiter called Maldek. And it was uh, bigger than the Earth, bigger than Mars. And something caused it to blow. And some people believe there was a nuclear exchange between Mars and Maldek that they had gone to war against each other. Maybe maybe they did. And, and we know that <clears throat> when we look at the book of Revelation and other prophetic scriptures in the Bible, that uh, certainly it reads definitely like there's a massive nuclear exchange at some point here. Um, that will throw the world into turmoil and and just, you know, can you picture like Russia with their Satan II missile, okay? I wouldn't be surprised if they have a Satan III missile, but they haven't gone public with it yet. Well, they will go public when they launch the thing, okay? <laughs> then it'll be public, okay? <clears throat> but it's part of that, uh, part of their hidden that, that they're working with and uh, bring into the forefront eventually, maybe already. So picture a city like New York City, Los Angeles, millions and millions of people vaporized as though they never existed. Blasted into an alternative dimension or universe. Okay, A different timeline. Just blasted. Vaporized. Atomized. And as though they never existed. So picture that on a, on a on a planetary scale, having a weapon so powerful, and this is what books like the Mahabharata and other those books over there in India, there they recount that kind of weaponry. 
of their spaceships that they had back then that not only could deliver death rays and nuclear weapons and go interplanetary, not only fly around Earth, Earth's atmosphere and land and take off and everything, but they could plant, uh, travel interplanetary. And but they had the some of them had the power to destroy entire planets. All right, so we think, well, that was all, you know, so long ago, somebody's fanciful imagination, but it's not because when you start looking at tangible evidences around the world, and I know John's looked at it, studied it, I have, and uh, other other people that John's had on his programs, they've looked into this too, you know, and the evidence is there. It's all around the world of this former global conflict that was carried out on this planet. Well, we have the evidence that this planet between Mars and Jupiter was blown. So either it was a Death Star type of scenario, like a Star Wars, you know, or maybe it was um, the uh, solar system that Planet X is part of. Maybe it swung through and one of its planets, you know, this would be the planetary collision scenario, Maybe one of its former planets on one of its swing swing bys a long time ago connected, slammed right into Maldek, the planetary collision theory. But either way, whether it's a Death Star scenario or it's a planetary collision scenario, you can well imagine the destruction of Maldek was complete. Okay. No survivors on that one planet unless they got out of there before the disaster struck. Likewise, Mars, we look at, you know, it was so we find the evidence it was pummeled. It used to be teeming with life, folks. Don't believe that, you know, that it's, it's always a dead planet. Even NASA, I suspect they've known all along going back, you know, even before NASA was formed, that they've known all along in the ancient uh, the uh, mystery schools and everything, these um, secret societies, they've known this information forever, right? That this planet used to be there and Mars was fully uh, populated and, and um, <clears throat> with teeming with life, plant, animal life, and had a am- full atmosphere, had oceans and streams just like here on Earth. But it had a, di- uh, uh, you know, because it's further away from the sun, it had a different equilibrium than what Earth would have. Okay, different different equilibrium, different factors that would lend itself to an equilibrium in order to maintain uh, all that plant, animal, and high-intelligence life and even a high-tech civilization. So imagine when Maldek blows, whether it's through a Death Star, whether it's through some kind of super-duper uh, nuclear type of exchange. Um, <clears throat> publicly, we can't, Publicly, we don't know of such uh, today having such nuclear weapons that would blow a whole planet apart. But theoretically possible, maybe you know, you couple a nuclear type of re- uh, response with something, uh, some other type of he- high technology, and now you got a super duper nuclear warhead that could take out a whole planet. Who knows? Okay, uh, when you get to that t- extreme of high tech, you know, <laughs> imagination. Uh, could be possible for something like that to happen, but I believe it was part of the Angel Wars situation that ended up 
it, the Angel Wars started somewhere else, but it, part of it, a good chunk of it, ended up here within our own solar system. And I believe that the taken out of Maldek either was part of that Angel Wars or part of this uh, planetary collision scenario. But either way, it brought death and destruction, not only to Maldek, but slammed into Mars, wiped, stripping of its atmosphere, stripping, you know, water going out plants and animals and, and uh, intelligent beings, you know, just being ripped out into outer space, you know. Uh, what a what a wonderful uh, scenario, right? You're, you're just another day in uh, paradise, right? And uh, before you know what's going on, <laughs> before you turn on your morning TV to watch the, you know, morning news, you're out in space, either ripped to shreds or as a frozen nugget, you know, frozen nugget floating in space or something. Okay, so Mars is pummeled. You can see evidences on, on moves, moons of like Jupiter and Saturn of this phenomenon. You can see um, the the uh, moons of Mars and, and Earth itself, Venus, whatever type of um, situation was on Venus before this event, Venus was forever changed, and likewise Earth. So when we read Genesis 1, verse 2, is the uh, is a short synopsis of the aftermath of what transpired within our own solar system, what transpired on our own planet, and in a larger context, what happened to the what would become known as the fallen one-third. So it's all those things rolled up within verse 2 and the earth had become without form and void of life so right there the proper interpretation of the hebrew uh the nuance of the hebrew language would indicate and that's probably not 100 percent conclusive unless you include other scriptures and understanding to put the pieces back together that something catastrophic happened the earth had form and was teeming with life, but something happened to render it without form and void of life. And when uh, the scientists look at the Earth's past, they find times in the Earth's past when it was, would fit that description. So if you're like a maybe a visitor from some other planet within the Milky Way or some other planet in some other galaxy, but hey, Earth was, you know, inner planets here were the four crown jewels of this solar system teeming with life and the spaceports because, you know, we're on the outer skirts of the Milky Way. So this, our solar system would would have made excellent spaceports as well as vacation getaways, you know, Um it's a good stop-off place, you know. And so people that would have come here and, you know, after, you know, maybe the lines of communicate at this kind of war takes place, you know, what happens during the war? The lines of communication go down, right? And so they might have been out, out there somewhere thinking, well, you know, okay, so let, let's plug in the coordinates. And, uh, you know, Earth was a good vacation spot or maybe a good place to conduct trade. We got some widgets, you know, space widgets to sell, so we're going to go to planet Earth. So they plug in the coordinates just like the Falcon, Millennial Falcon did, you know. Han Solo plug in the coordinates for Alderaan, and they encounter instead all these asteroids. Like, where did they come from? And lo and behold, the planet Alderaan had been blown so in particular, Earth here is like, 
huh? It's still here, but it's totally unrecognizable as Earth. Something catastrophic happened to this planet and to our entire solar system and to the entire what would become the fallen one-third, and that is angel wars. So picture God's original creation embedded within Genesis 1-1, the original mathematics, original physics that governed the laws of God having tangibilities in the laws of physics and mathematics governing how everything worked, okay? And when Lucifer then rebelled, he's no small potatoes angel here, folks. He's the top, top guy in the angelic realm. He's the top guy. So he holds a lot of weight, okay? A lot of weight, a lot of influence. And so when he rebelled and then he either convinced and or coerced up to one-third of the angelics to follow suit caused a destructive rift, caused an alteration, a shift, a, a shift, an altered shift of God's original mathematics and physics into an alteration within this impact zone. It was no longer original. It had been impacted, it had been shifted, even in some cases very slightly, in other cases very visibly. So picture, if you will, World War II, European theater, Pacific theater. Okay, World War II is going hot and heavy. Okay, there'd be some areas in those areas, some locales, that you wouldn't know there was a war going on at all. It's life as usual, you know, day in, day out. You wouldn't know what there was a war going on, but you would other other extreme. You know there was definitely a war going on. So like we look at Dresden, Germany, firebombed off the planet, right? It was not a military target. So why was it chosen? Because it was a cultural center of Germany. So if you want to destroy the the old order of a of a country, what their symbols of why they exist as a country, their symbols, their culture, their heritage, their religion, you go after their cultural centers, their religious centers. Um, and we're seeing that attack here in the United States of getting rid of anything and everything to do with the Southern Confederacy, the Civil War, okay? All statues, all history, all names of uh, military forts and stuff, just get rid of everything so that we lose sight of what really transpired in the Civil War and why it was fought. So we become then ignoramuses concerning our own history. And once we become ignoramuses, then we end up believing whatever they feed us. Whatever It's called slopping the hogs. You know, I grew up on a farm. Okay, You can just slop the hogs and they'll eat anything you give them anything they'll just chow down on the worst slop you know even each other's you know what and that's as a culture that's what we were becoming here in the united states and other countries around the world that get rid of their history get rid of their their culture get a re, get rid of understanding what happened why it happened who was involved we just become a bunch of hogs they'll eat whatever slop is given us and I'm saying that on purpose. I hope some of you are insulted by what I've just said. You should be insulted. It's like a slap up alongside the head. History's there for a reason, so we can learn from it. Hopefully learn to not the same mistakes. 
hopefully learn how to reach across the aisle to other uh, the folks on the other side of the aisle in peace and harmony to draw uh, a bridge, to build a bridge instead of burning them. Okay, to come into see Jesus said, "Blessed are the peacemakers." As Christians, we're supposed to be peacemakers. So why would we want to get rid of this history? when we're supposed to understand it so we can draw a peaceful conclusion from our history instead of being a bunch of ignoramuses as slopping the hogs, okay? Um, But history, just like truth, truth is offensive to some people. And the truth of God's word is very offensive to a whole lot of people, okay? We're seeing that rolling out every day today across the world. And here in the United States, it's very offensive, God's truth. Okay, so this angel wars impacted up to one-third of the angelics and possibly up to one-third of God's original creation shift, altered the physics and mathematics. Okay, just like within these uh, theaters of World War II, okay, that there would be some places you wouldn't know wars going on, some places it was obvious in the Pacific Theater uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they were not military targets, so why did we bomb them? Okay. Well, it gets into satanic high sacrifices. The dark powers that be needed an ultimate sacrifice of innocent souls to their god and gods. Had nothing to winning the war. The Japanese, were, even before that happened, were already back-channeling that they're ready to surrender. So why did we go to that extra length? Because we needed a sacrifice, not we, you know. But Roosevelt and his buddies, you know, 33rd degree Masons and beyond, Illuminati and all, they needed a sacrifice of innocent souls. So they used the United States military might to do that. And Dresden. Doesn't that make you God bless America, right? Let's have another satanic sacrifice someplace on the planet, right? Aren't there some innocent souls someplace we can just incinerate them? God bless America. Payday is coming back, back, folks, and it's going to be paid back in spades. Because as a nation, this nation has not repented of its past evils, but glories in them. Payday is coming, and it's going to be really, really ugly. So this angel wars, it caused a phase shift, okay? So what what we think is our universe, you know, when we peer out telescopes and everything, is quite likely, most likely, within the fallen third. And this fallen third is where Lucifer's gang are confined to. When we look at Job chapter, uh, what is it, 1 and 2, where Job uh, appears before the Most High amongst the the sons of God, you know, the angels, the the good angels that were appearing before God, Lucifer is there amongst them. But don't you think for a moment that he escaped from the fallen one-third quarantine zone on his own volition, and somehow sneaked past all the holy angels, a sneak past, he's hiding in there amongst them all, you know. Don't think for a moment God the Father didn't know exactly where he was, 24-7, 365, multidimensional, multi-universal, right? No, Lucifer's confined within the fallen one-third. 
the only reason he was found in amongst the angels here is because God gave him permission to leave his confinement and he was under heavy angelic guard. Because Lucifer had spawned the original angel wars. Do you think God's just going to allow him to, you know, waltz across the DMZ and come into the unfallen two-thirds and then sneak amongst the the holy angels to to plant his poisons once again amongst the unfallen, to plant his hearsays and his leaven? No, God would not allow that. He was under heavy angelic guard. And then he was escorted back. Now, he used to be, Ezekiel 28 He used to be the high priest of the nine stone covenant of the nine angelic orders. And again, it's clearly borne out in scripture. So so it's not some wacky idea here. Ezekiel 28 verse 13 describes his nine stones. He was not an angel put in charge of God's rock garden. That's how some people, you know, uh, put forth the argument that Lucifer was put in charge of God's garden of rocks. You know, uh, that's foolishness, folks. That's total foolishness. It's no wonder he rebelled, you know. I mean, you know, somebody have to be really into rocks to, you know, but even spending an eternity hanging out with rocks, you know. I mean, wouldn't you want to know what rocks are on other planets, you know? Or is this, or is this just the only pebble on the beach, planet Earth here, and there's nothing else out there. It's all a mirage, okay? Uh, so if we're the only pebble on the beach, then there is no beach. We're just an ant farm on a flat surface. And we just think there's stuff out there, okay? Um, <clears throat> so... Um, Lucifer was a nine was a high priest because we correlate that over to Aaron, who was the first high priest, brother of Moses, and in uh, Exodus it details what the role of the high priest was and to be, and what garments the high priest would wear. So Aaron put on the holy garments put on an ephod, and then over the ephod he put on a breastplate. And on that breastplate were 12 stones in a 4 by 3 or 3, I think it's a 4 by 3 matrix, okay? So there's 12 stones, and we know from Scripture that each of those stones represented a tribe of Israel, and each tribe had its origin in a son of Jacob Israel. Jacob Israel had 12 sons. Each of those 12 sons is represented by a stone, and each and each son then became a tribe represented by those stones. So if we backtrack that understanding onto Ezekiel 28 verse 13 and 14, we come to the understanding that Lucifer what had wasn't a garment he put on himself. He was the living ephod, the living breastplate of the nine stone covenant of the nine angelic orders. So that stands to reason now. Simple biblical logic. <laughs> okay. 
And so each of those nine tribes of angels have had and still has as its head a head angel of each of those tribes. So a head angel and the tribe represented by each of those nine stones. So that gets into further interesting analysis on what all that means, but that's for maybe another time, another show. But just so you know, he was not some low-ranking angel. He was not some cute little cherub strumming a harp, floating on a cloud for all eternity. You read verses 14, 13, 14, you realize that God put Lucifer in charge over all his creation at that time. As the high priest. However, he was never meant to be our high priest. Those of us who are born in his image and likeness, that's our Heavenly Father's image and likeness, Lucifer was never meant to be our high priest. But Jesus was. Jesus was always meant to be our high priest of the 12 stone covenant of the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 stone covenant. Okay. So when we look at um, John the Baptist, we look at, he knew, you know, he and Jesus were cousins. Okay. So, Obviously, John the Baptist knew who Jesus was, and Jesus knew who John the Baptist was, and they probably hung out with each other from time to time. Now, I mean, they're direct cousins, you know, and <clears throat> so they they knew who each other was, and they probably palled around and, and uh, in the early days shared scriptures and meditated and prayed and everything. So I, I can picture that. I don't have any scriptural uh, reference that that's exactly what happened, but you know, I would imagine that that happened. And um, so when the time of Jesus' public ministry came to the forefront, John publicly proclaimed that it's now time for him to step step down and step back so that Jesus could step forward and step up to his public ministry. Okay, so that's the concept there. Um, John the Baptist did it correctly. He stepped down and stepped back from the Old Testament way of doing things so that Jesus could step forward and step up with the New Testament, the new contract way of doing things. But Lucifer refused. Lucifer refused to step down and step back so that Jesus could step forward and step up in the Morning Star administration. Not only did Lucifer refuse, but eventually he conducted an all-out war against God and his kingdom and everything dealing with uh, even us try to con- wage war against the throne room because that's where Lucifer used to have ready access to was the throne room of God himself. So Lucifer was first created of all created beings. So in that capacity and in the capacity of being the high priest, he was in the presence of the Most High from the get-go, okay? So not only was he created perfect, and you again read verses 12 and 13, 14 there, but he became even more filled with 
God and the Godhead, the longer, you know, as longer the time goes by, not only was he created perfect, but he's absorbing more and more and more of the Godhead into himself to where he becomes a mere image of the Godhead. So in his capacity as high priest, he would take the latest word of God out to all creation and then bring back um, from creation the praises, petitions, the worship of of creation back into the throne room. Okay, because sin ha- there was no sin yet at that point. Okay, so it's all pure, all pure. <clears throat> and so uh, from the get go, he was performing this in this capacity. So as he continues on in time, faithfully doing this, he he, he became a mere image of the Godhead. So. If if you're like an alien civilization on a planet, way you know anywhere, okay, and Lucifer comes to you, to your planet, to, you, to your loca- location, and his words, his demeanor, his, his the radiance of his light, you would literally think you're right before the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit themselves. He was a mere image. Now we read, we fast forward to Adam and Eve, right, when they were brought forth on this planet, that the implication is that we were, Adam and Eve were brought forth in God's exact image and likeness. Not a mere image, but an exact image and likeness. So you can see where maybe that kind of got into, into Lucifer's craw, you know. Here he's been faithfully carrying out God's, everything to commands and wishes for eons of time being a mere image and now here's this new kid on the block so to speak that's in God's exact image and likeness so which would you rather be a mere image or an exact image is it real or is it memorex which would you rather be would you rather be the real who you are, or would you rather be a Memrix copy, you know, Memrix? <laughs> okay, if you folks remember the commercial way back in the 70s, 80s, or whenever that was, is it real or is it Memrix? So when he then deviated, we again go back to verse 15, Ezekiel 28, right in the middle, till iniquity, that word till, that I, right in the middle, that's at that point of singularity where he began his deviation from being pure to corrupting himself, okay? And there's a number of dynamics. One of them, again, was a mirror image versus an exact exact image. That's one of the factors, but there's other factors, maybe for another show later on, but why he deviated, and then eventually led a full-scale war of the fallen angels against God, you know, possibly enveloping in up to one-third of the original creation, impacting it. Again, within this fallen one-third, there, there are probably regions out there that you wouldn't know a war was going on. Th- their civilizations have continued on unabated, but they're still within the impact zone, okay? And then you'll be places like what we've seen in our own solar system where a planet's been blown apart. And and the inner planets, you know, Earth itself without form and void of life. And darkness 
was upon the face of the deep. The deep translates better into the word abyss. The abyss, okay? What in the world is this abyss? It's a bottomless pit, right? Is this abyss? What in the world would have created a bottomless pit, abyss scenario that God had to then reach into that point of singularity? Darkness of singularity. For six ages, he's dealing with something else within that darkness to bring about his bold plan of restoration, redemption, and salvation. Because on day one, what we interpret as day one, okay, he could have jumped all the way to the end of the book of Revelation to the great white throne judgment right then, right there, be done with it all. So why didn't he? Because he's not, was not willing that any should perish. When he looked at the beginning from the end, had he had a, a full-scale great white throne judgment right then, right there, as he's contemplating, as he's looking at the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning of all things, all, all possible outcomes, his conclusion was he was not willing that any should perish, even those who warred directly against him that he came up with a bold plan of restoration, of restoring this fallen one-third back into a workable condition, not a perfect condition, because it could not be perfect because of this enigma that had happened. It literally, physics and mathematics had phase-shifted away from its original physics and mathematics into an altered state, okay? So God had to restore order out of the chaos of this darkness and death and destruction, mayhem, everything that that word implies. And part of his judgments, you'll notice that, like in the first four days, um, God is separating one thing from another thing or separating what can be interpreted as one group from another group, okay? Again, each of the six days deals with something else or some things else, and first things come first. So God had to deal with day one before he dealt with day two, before three, four, five, six. So everything is in perfect order. So on day four was confounded so many people about, well, how could there be plants coming forth on day, like day three, before the sun was even created? Well, the sun wasn't created on day four. The sun already existed. <laughs> okay. What day four is talking about is God's restoration of the sun and the luminaries and the constellations. So he's dealing with something on day one, dealing with something else on day two. Day three gets a little more specific. Day four, okay, he's now dealing with the luminaries and the constellations and stars, realigning them properly because, again, this impacted what would be called the fallen one-third of the original creation. It impacted. So God's got to restore things back into a proper working order. And part of that on day four is to write his message into the stars themselves, the stars within this fallen one-third. So that at various times through human history, when we have peered into the heavens above, because today with all our, te our high-tech this isn't the first time mankind has wielded high-tech. Okay, surprise, surprise. They're not going to tell you that under the traditional 
teaching of, of the Bible, and they're certainly not going to tell you that in in the um, the schools uh, according to the theory of evolution. You know that we all evolved from pond scum to the great apes to human beings. Well, hey, you know what? That's not my story. That's not my heritage. But if you want to claim that, hey, you know what? I see the resemblance. Pond of pond scum, or you do look like a great ape, like you evolved from apes. But you know that'd be insulting the apes, because your behavior is far worse than the apes. Okay, so sorry, I didn't evolve from pond scum. I did not evolve from the great apes. I'm not a product of um, genetic manipulation and engineering from the ana. Uh, Anunnaki that came down from the stars above, from the heavens above, to monkey around with genetics. I'm not a product of that. I'm a product from my father's loins, my heavenly father. That's who my source of life came from, is my heavenly father. Okay, so within this fallen one-third, God had to restore the heavenlies again to write his message in the stars because he knew that there would be times when mankind would look to the stars so whether he looks in a microscope or looks through a telescope he's going to find the fingerprints the signature of god in the heavens or in the you know the in-betweens of the microscope okay the 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 infinitesimal smallness of a microscope electron microscope what they can detect through that nowadays okay it's amazing so no matter where you look is the signature of god now on the flip side of that though because Lucifer was within the throne room for eons of time, so he witnessed God creating things. You know, so that means that after Lucifer is created, then additional angelics are created, additional uh, realities are created, like the he- uh, higher heavens, higher dimensional realms, okay, whatever they're like, and right down to our three-dimensional arena right now okay uh, all kinds of dimensions all kinds of universes all kinds of realms and and kingdoms and everything and smorgasbord of life forms all throughout all not one one space is left unaddressed by our heavenly father so lucifer is witnessing all this that means he has perfect memory recall so he sees it he hears it he he and in some cases god allows him to participate because you know why folks why would God allow Lucifer and other angelics that entrust in their care the creator codes? Because God doesn't want you nor originally them to sit on a shelf and look pretty. He didn't cre- create any of us to be robots or to be puppets on a string. He looked at from the beginning to the end, end from the beginning, and he decided that free will was the best choice for love to flow freely. That love cannot be controlled it cannot be pulled on a string or a robotic response. That's not true love. True love comes from the will, from free will. So love, free will, has always been the question mark, always been, you know, the question mark why, okay, is free will and love, okay? So God created his creation with free will, knowing of the possibility that even if one something or other or created being or begotten being were to deviate from God's will, that it would cause a disruption 
in the grand scheme of things, like the butterfly effect. But in looking at all possibilities down the road, even at the extreme possibility of an all-out war, God left no stone left as to what his response would be if a single organism got out of whack or if an entire angelic army attacked him. He had all the bases covered on what he would do in response. But he left it up to free will and love. And look what Lucifer did with his free will. What are you doing with your free will? Okay. (laughs) What am I doing with my free will? Okay. So the each of the six days begins in darkness, ends in, in light. So God is addressing something else in each of the six days originating from that darkness in verse 2, which originated from Lucifer's five-eye wills, which ties over in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 14, which links over to Ezekiel 28, verse 15, the word till, that letter I. Isn't that the problem we all have is our egos? Okay, Egos and pride, I. I, 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 I did this, I did that, I, 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 okay. Isn't that what our problem is? Okay. And so when pride gets in, in there with I, you know, pride, isn't that like a, that's a five-letter word, right? The law of the fives. Law of the fives. So right there, that word pride involves the law of the fives. And right there in the middle of that word is the letter I. So there you have it again. Okay, so there it is. That simple. Okay. <clears throat> now, on what comes to then on the seventh day age, if you read that closely, it does not begin in darkness. It begins in light. The light that was finally established at the towards you know the. Last part of day six carried over into day seven. So now day seven, the day age of seven. This is where God is dealing with the fallen one-third, not the entirety of creation. Okay, The traditional story is that God rested on the seventh day because he was done creating everything. I submit to you, folks, that God rested from his restoration of the fallen one-third. There was nothing more that he uh, had purpose to do to restore it and embark upon his plan of redemption and salvation. But the unfallen two-thirds, he has continued creating for you and me, those who are faithful, who finish, cross the finish line, who endureth to the end in Christ Jesus. He has gone, continued to create new realities that are just going to be phenomenal. You know, you go to some of the places here on earth that are still beautiful and pristine, you know, and what wonders, you know, what what a joyful experience. But what God has in store for those who remain faithful to him is going to make the wonders on this planet look like like a dump ground, okay? So God has continued, in my opinion, has continued on in his creative acts in the unfallen two-thirds. And part of that is for preparation for those who cross the finish line as his rewards to those who have been faithful to him while on this earth journey. Okay. 
So he rested on the seventh day. Now, if we can interpret that to mean an age, then we see that the seventh age is an overarching age of his grace, where he's bequeathed his grace to this fallen third to embark on his bold plan of redemption and salvation of of that which had become lost. So this seventh age quite literally could embody definitely thousands of years, maybe even millions of years. But it's an age. And for me, I'm not going to assign a specific number of earth years because, hey, you know, we, we're myopic, aren't we? Uh, so we see that something verse says, uh, you know, days, uh, a, a thousand years of earth time is like a day to the Lord. Okay, well, that's a thousand years of earth time. What about a thousand years of Mars time or Jupiter time or uh, Neptune time? You know, uh, we're we're very myopic, aren't we? Do you think God goes by our calendar? You know, do you think God is beholden to our calendar of how we interpret time? Or do you think he, you know, as it says in Isaiah, that his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts? Do you suppose he abides by his own calendar of things? Okay. And we we think we're so important that that he should abide by our our calendar of things. God has his calendar. And that's what he's abiding by. And our trick here is to try to then correlate to his calendar, not to ours. His timing, not our timing. His interpretation of things, not our interpretation, okay? And certainly not the lying mainstream media, nor the political pundits, nor the Congress critters, or the fake president in the White House that we have under total demonic control, okay? Um, So when we get on how God views things, we get closer to how God views things, okay? So this overarching age of grace culminates. We're getting close to the end of this age of grace, and I submit to you that it has its transitioning in the six seals of Revelation chapter 6, that even when we get to the very end of the sixth seal is the very end of his age of grace. And even the sixth seal will appear as though it's the wrath of God, but it's his final judgments, not yet his wrath. It's his final judgments before the seventh seal is opened and enacted upon, which is the wrath of the Lamb of God. Okay, so when the wrath is in, the seventh seal is opened, there will be no grace under the age of grace. The very tail end of the age of grace ends with the end of the sixth seal. Okay, so then his grace transitions directly into his wrath. If you haven't gotten hold of his grace by the end of the sixth seal, you will experience his wrath. Now, I do believe that during that time, the seventh seal, um, there'll be people who cry out unto the Lord, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I do believe there'll be those who do, and, and Jesus will accept them, and he will send angels in to protect them, or 
maybe they'll be martyred, right? But he will accept them. He'll accept their cries for mercy unto him. If they call out to Jesus, he will accept them. He will not turn them all, turn away. But do you really want to gamble on your fate, your future, your eternal destiny, thinking you can sin your way through the first six seals and and into the seventh seal and then, then cry out? Because God's wrath then will be poured out. It's, he's pulling out all the stops, and we can read of what happens. And I submit to you that um, that parts of Maldek, that this wasn't, that's a current asteroid belt, okay? That parts of Maldek that we can tangibly see through the asteroid belt, but there were parts of it that blasted into parallel dimensions, parallel universes maybe. And in Revelation chapter 12, where the devil and his angels are cast down to the earth, that has certain implications beyond just a physical casting down to the earth, you know, like slam down to the earth, is that that also implies a casting down of the higher dimensional realms within this fallen one-third, casting them down to the earth realm, or at least the third-dimensional realm. Okay, so when we look at 9-11, we look at the Twin Towers, and then the Tower 7 later on, but they pancaked one floor, pancaked down to the next, to the next, to the next, gaining momentum, gaining you know, the laws of gravity and physics, until they, the sheer force and weight blasted down into the depths of the basements even. There was so much force. So picture those uh, stories, those floors of those twin towers and later the seventh tower being dimensionals, higher dimensional realities, each floor going up to a higher dimensional reality. And then when Michael's angels uh, engage in an open war once again, Revelation 12, that it's not just casting Lucifer and his gang down to the planet Earth. It's shutting down collapsing those higher dimensional realities, pancaking them down lower, 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 lower until slam right into the third dimensional reality, even this planet Earth. Okay, so there's, I would hope you understand that there are intelligent lives out there within this fallen one-third, okay? Just because our instruments can't detect it or we don't have the wisdom yet to figure it out doesn't mean they don't exist, okay? But they're going to be cast down, and they're not going to be happy campers. So we have higher-dimensional beings as well as third-dimensional beings that will then be out there in a third-dimensional plane within the fallen one-third that will be forced corralled, so to speak, like you have a bunch of sheepdogs, right, that Michael and his angels engaging in heavenly warfare, like heavenly sheepdogs, corralling the the higher fallen angels, Lucifer himself, into lower, lower dimensional realities, collapsing those higher dimensions and alternate timelines also into this phase locked into a third dimensional reality and in particular our own planet. Now, let's look back on day four and the three days of darkness. 
there's something very, very fundamentally important for the sun and the stars in the fallen one-third that God restored the stars in their functionality, and in particular here because we have our own sun. So that's what I'll give as an example. There is a specific reality, not just so to support plant and animal life on this planet, but it's also as a means of separating one fallen group from another fallen group within our space-time dimensional reality right here, right now. Okay, right here, right now, in our own solar system. It's kind of like a guardian, a guardian star, that due to its um, radiation emissions, what we perceive as light, we only perceive a certain spectrum of light, so then beyond that, we have to have instruments to detect a more fuller spectrum, and I suspect there might be spectrums that we can't detect yet that get into multi-dimensionalities, multi-universal uh, concept and realities of how a star works, uh, even in this fallen, fallen realm that God restored its functionality as a guardian, as a means of separating one group from another so that they can't invade into our realm, into our realm. There are certain groups, you have to go back to Genesis the second day to understand what that God separated the waters from the waters, what that more fully means. Not just physical waters. Yes, it does mean physical waters on this planet, but it's also talking about the fallen angelics. Within the fallen angelics, separating one group from another group from another group. That's what it's talking about. And that separation wasn't a peaceful separation. The war was continuing. So they're not willingly going to jail, so to speak, you know. Hooray, we get to go to jail. We get to go to this alternate dimension here around the planet Earth where we can wait for a long time, you know, and uh, just sit here and, and wonder what's happening next. <clears throat> no, they, they fought against it. God is rendering, when, he, when his Bible says, braided one thing from another, that's an act of judgment. God was judging those first, first four days. God was rendering various judgments against the various actors that were involved in this rebellion, this war. At the same time, he was also engaging in restoration. He can't restore something. It's like, you know, if your house partially burns down, well, you can't restore it until you judge it. That is, until you separate. You go in, you figure out what happened, why it happened. You figure how extensive the damage is. Some areas you have to have a complete remodel. Other areas, like if it's smoke damage, then you just get, bring in a cleaning crew to, to clean the smoke off your drapes, your carpets, your furniture. It wasn't directly burned or anything, but it had smoke on it so that you clean it. So it's a different judgment, right, a different uh, way of dealing with it in order to then restore that which was impacted back to, it can't be restored back to its original condition because the original condition was damaged or burned, okay? But you can restore it to what looks like an original condition. You see the difference I'm trying to make here. So in restoring the sun, it's not, this day four wasn't when God originally created the sun, the stars, the constellations. This is when he restored that within the fallen third. 
He put his message in the stars, put his the functionality in the stars in our own sun to step from each other and from impacting our realm. So picture, if you will, when there's 72 hours of no sunlight, even reaching the outer electromagnetosphere of the Earth, it's in complete 100% darkness of all radiation from the sun. That means it's like you have a prison, right, a big, massive prison, and the electricity goes out, and all the prison doors on all the, the floors open. And do you think the prisoners are going to just sit in their prison cells and, and be faithful, you know, and just sit there waiting for the, the warden officials to figure out what went wrong and get the electricity back on and get the doors locked back up? You know, they're just going to sit there peacefully and, and be good inmates. Or are they going to burst out and riot and burn and find some way to get out of the prison complex itself, right? It's going to be a massive riot. Three days of darkness is, folks, when the prison doors open up and all the inmates that have been concealed from us are let loose. If you think demons are bad, wait till the serpents and scorpions show up and really ruin your day. They make demons look like choir boys. So when Jesus said, that you'll have power over the serpents and scorpions. Yeah, the traditional model is that, you know, the earthly kind. But that's not what he was referring to. He was referring to the fallen ones, the serpents and scorpions, the fallen angelics that come, that come under those classifications of serpents and scorpions that we would have power over them. And so you can well imagine during the three days of darkness we're going to need power. Jesus' power. And that's why I say these bad boys, you so much look at them. You know, it's so tempting. You want to know what's going on it's going on outside, isn't it? It's really tempting, just like a Lot's wife. She heard the instruction not to look back, but her curiosity got the best of her. And she turned, looked back, and became a pillar of salt. These creatures, folks, if you look out your, your front door, you look through a window, you look, even a crack, even a little crack, you don't think they're going to see you. And if you look through your, if there's any electricity or if you have a generator running so you can have your, your uh, <clears throat> cameras running outside and you're watching everything on your monitors inside your house, these beings are very much aware of you watching them. Because they go by soul energy. They can detect your soul energy if you look at them. And the moment you do is the moment your soul is snatched right out of your body, leaving an empty husk. You don't want to look at them for any reason, unless you want to go to hell, okay, <laughs> really fast. <clears throat> So that's my advice on the three days of darkness. Don't be tempted. Electricity probably won't be running. Don't rely on your gas generator. These are soul eaters. They will devour your soul. You don't want to look at them. You don't want to even 
think about them. You have your candles, you have a kerosene lanterns, you have your Bible handy, have several Bibles, and by that time they'll probably be outlawed, so you know, hide them really good. And try to memorize them too, in case they are taken away from you. Try to memorize key verses, you know, that that will get you through this situation if you're still here. Now I wanna let's see, what time is it? Okay. I got hopefully another half hour. I'm going to swing into something else that's really um, dire, <clears throat> as if there isn't something else that's more dire, right? Okay, so this gets into, I might have to uh, continue this on in the next show, but this gets into Genesis chapter 3. Now, before we get into that, let's look at what, let's see what Jesus said. We all know this, okay? This is in Matthew 24. It's also repeated in Luke uh, chapter 12, but uh, he's saying that uh, verse uh, 37 as it was in the days of Noah so will it be at the coming of the son of man okay so that's and then he says for in the days before the flood people were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark and they were oblivious until the flood came and swept them all away so will it be at the coming of the son of man okay so <clears throat> These weren't like primitive nomads, pre-flood people. You know, the traditional model, they're a bunch of primitives, so bad off that the, these poor, these watchers felt sorry for mankind. They came down here to teach us all kinds of things because God certainly wasn't, you know, doing that. They had to teach us how to, you know, plant crops and this and that and technologies and everything, right, so we could feed ourselves and even wipe our butts. We were just so, such doofuses created in a God's exact image and likeness, and God just abandoned us to be total doofuses, that these watchers felt sorry for us and came down to teach us what God should have taught us from the beginning. You know, That's what they want us to believe. <laughs> um, mankind was not created as a doofus. Adam and Eve, if we were indeed created in God's exact image and likeness, and Adam and Eve were created as doofuses, then that would imply that God our Father is a doofus. Okay. And folks, that's exactly what Lucifer would want us to believe, is that God the Father and Jesus, Holy Spirit, they're all a bunch of doofuses. Look, you know, what they did to creation. He He's pointed his finger Democrats and Congress and presidency do. They point their fingers at at people for the very same things they're doing themselves that others maybe aren't even doing, but they themselves are doing. That's what Lucifer does. So you can see the Democratic Party has been taken over by Lucifer and his gang, and I would submit also the Republican Party, the Rhinos, you know, <laughs> the Rhinos and their 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 buddies. <clears throat> They're all just following lockstep with Lucifer. Okay, good cop, bad cop, but working for the same paymaster. Okay. No, Adam and Eve were created perfect. 100% DNA activation. And I have no problem with 12-stranded DNA. That's what the New Agers believe in. I don't have a problem with that because that fits in with if God would have created them perfect in every detail, that would imply 12-stranded as well to line up with the 12-stone covenant of Jesus Christ. Okay, so if we were created, Adam and Eve were brought forth in this realm to be a perfect image, an exact image, then Jesus Christ being 
the high priest of the 12 stone covenant, then that would mean that Adam and Eve would have had 12 stranded DNA, each strand reflecting one of the stones of the 12 stone covenant of Jesus Christ. Okay, so, and that all 12 stranded, all DNA was 100% activated. DNA that dealt with our flesh body, DNA that dealt with our soul realm, DNA that dealt with the spirit realm. And that spirit realm has tremendous implications that I don't have time yet tonight to deal with. But the mandate of Adam and Eve was to have dominion over this planet. Again, I don't have time to deep dive into the deeper understanding of Adam and Eve, why they're here, okay, but we are here on a mandate to part of God's plan of restoration, redemption, and salvation. Adam and Eve, in their pure state, were meant to bring forth God's plan. We're here on a mission to bring forth God's plan of redemption and salvation for the fallen creatures. And the serpent knew what was up. Certainly, Lucifer knew what was up. And his buddies, the serpents, knew, you know, sharing information. They understood what this mandate was that was on Adam and Eve. They understood why they were inserted into this fallen realm. They knew what, what was up. And they knew if they didn't act fast and, and decisively that it was curtains for them. So ultimately, Adam and Eve had two, two trees they could ultimately eat from. And one, the one that God warned them about, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But there was another tree, the tree of life. God's life, God's tree of life has no evil attached to it, you see. Okay. So when you get a, 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 a true blessing that's truly from God, will not have a downside to it. But if you have a blessing from the God of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will have a good side and there will be a bad side uh, within the apple, so to speak, within the fruit. There will be something bad about it. But you won't notice it right away. Just like Adam and Eve didn't notice it right away. That eventually came true, that they eventually did physically die. But you can imagine they didn't die right on the spot. So they thought, well, maybe the serpent was telling them the truth, that surely you will not die. Here, partake of this fruit. Your eyes will be open like God the Father himself, and now then you'll know the good from evil, like you're supposed to. See, God would have, would have shown them good from evil. That's where he was heading towards when he came down to commune with them and teach them, bring them up to speed as to their mission while they're here on this mission. He was getting to that point, but so often Lucifer and his gang will beat God to the punchline, right? With leaven, with a whole lot of truth, but that little worm inside that apple that you chomp down on that apple so good, and then you chomp down on that worm, and oh, it turns your stomach up, right? Well, Satan's worm is sin unto death. So whatever good fruit as the God of this world, he can bless anybody he wants, even Christians, with the blessings of this world, the fame, the fortune, the money, um, technologies, whatever at his disposal, he can bless. But there's a bad price to pay on his evil side of his fruit. 
So on his good side, there's people in this world who know him as Lucifer. On his evil side, there's people in this world who know him as Satan. He's two personas of the same person, the original Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the original altar. Because when you deviate from God and his laws and his, his ways, as well, his love, there's a schism that happens within your soul. And the more you deviate, the more that schism takes place until you become fractured. And we are seeing a lot of fractured people in the world today, aren't we? Fractured on steroids, way beyond any common sense. You know, <laughs> we've long, you know, common sense years ago already <laughs> cast aside. Okay, we're seeing this fractured taking place. Souls being fractured. And when a soul is fractured, then it's ripe for demonic entrance and takeover. And I submit to you folks, there's a, a dire warning. Um, dire. Okay, so when Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, he he mentioned some things that were would be easy for his audience to understand in order to make his point. But imagine what else he could have said about the days of Noah that he didn't say. So when we start putting the pieces together, Adam and Eve at 100% 12-stranded DNA activation, and even when they sinned, they, I would say they had 95 to 98% activation minus the spirit realm, that direct connect with the Godhead, direct connect through the Holy Holies, was immediately severed upon their sin. Remember Jesus on the cross when he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? was the first time in all eternity, past or future, that he was separated from his Father. A complete separation. Jesus experienced for the first time how horribly lonely and devoid that experience is. A complete separation. So imagine then backtrack that to Eve and then Adam, how they eventually felt that separation. And they could no longer access the Holy of Holies. They were cut off. God could no longer come down and commune with them face to face. He had to give them skins to wear. For the first time, they realized they were naked. It's like two kids, children, uh, babies playing in, you know, boy and a girl playing in a tub of water they're having a great time they they don't notice body parts at that age they're just little children little babies having a good time in the water they're looking at each other through eyes of innocence so picture that adam and eve before they sinned before they were violated that they looked upon each other start naked with eyes of innocence not eyes of carnality and sexuality and wanting to take advantage their hormones raging out of control kind of thing okay like we see today through this end of course how the how the human race has been manipulated ever since but the serpent took advantage of Eve. eve it says he beguiled her he schmoozed her and to win her her trust and her uh believability so at first, the serpent was not contradicting what God was telling them. 
what God's word was. He wasn't contradicting. He was on board. He was pretending to be on board. So he is putting his best foot forward. And then at some point, then when he knows he's got her trust and confidence, then he starts in on his true angle to a point where he seduces her, even sexually. He violates Eve. And under the traditional model, that's not what's taught. Okay, so I first came across, I kid bits here and there prior to 2010, and uh, John and I met online through one of his uh, articles that was posted on Steve Quayle's site. So I got emailed to John, and he answered back. And so the rest has been history. You know, we had a lot of conversations back then, and he had a, like a bulletin board type of online thing back then and a lot of people were posting things and so there's this one guy that posted um, deep dived into this enigma of who Cain's real father was and that the serpent seduced Eve and stuff and I was reading really in-depth scriptural research and I'm reading that and I'm saying oh my god the gravity coming into realization that this is what really happened. That our first mother was raped. Where is that serpent? I want to beat him to death. You know what I'm saying? Where is he? <laughs> want to beat him right into hell. But he raped our first first mother. And she was still under the influence of, of that effect, whether it was like some people might think was maybe some kind of date rape type of drug or fruit or something that caused Eve to enter into an altered state of consciousness whereby the serpent could gain mastery over her and so, you know, seduced her and then raped her. Or just through his sheer personality may have convinced her to lower her defenses. But however it happened, he ended up raping her and Cain was the firstborn of Eve, but not of Adam. Eve and the serpent. Cain was the first human-alien hybrid of the serpent race. And that, folks, opened up the door for what would later happen in Genesis chapter 6, the invasion of the 200 watchers that came down and took upon themselves whatever woman, women they wanted as their wives. Biblically speaking, whenever a male has sex with a female, He's married to her, biblically speaking. Okay, so these guys, 200 watchers, just took whoever they want. They didn't, you know, ask a, a local pastor if they could have that young lady's hand in marriage, you know, and go through, you know, um, courtship and everything, be bring her flowers and, you know, smooth talk her and romance her and everything. No, not that, not at all. They didn't go, you know, through a church ceremony. They didn't even go to the local government to get a piece of paper by the local whoever to say that they're married, you know. They just took whoever they wanted and jumped their bones and had kids. Okay. Now, I want to... Read Genesis chapter 3. Well, God had a solution there. So we read 14, uh, where God is talking to the serpent, because you have done this to Eve. You are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. 
on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust. That's another little note, maybe a future show, just what does that dust mean, okay? But all the days of your life. And I will put enmity, that's a hatred, a despisement, between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He, that's her seed, shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Now, here's the clincher. Your desire shall be not for the serpent nor the serpent seed, but for your husband. And he shall rule over you, not the serpent nor the serpent seed. What the Lord has had me zero in on that, verse 16, part B, your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Meditate upon that, what that means, ladies, and men, husbands. That doesn't mean husbands or men or boyfriends that you get to rule over your woman like a dictator, like a tyrant, like, get me, a, like Bubba. You know, being a couch potato watching sports, get me a beer, you kind of man is going to end up in a lake of fire. Okay. That kind of man is not going to get past the pearly gates. That kind of man is not loving his woman as Christ loves his church. Okay. <laughs> that means where men are to be the covering for their wives. So they're not prone to be taken over by the serpents. Even Apostle Paul says that women should have a head covering in church to respect the angels so the angels aren't tempted. Something along, I'm paraphrasing. So Apostle Paul even had an understanding of this. Now what I'm going to submit to you folks is this Genesis 6 invasion of the 200 watchers. What we're coming up against when Lucifer is cast down to the earth and his buddies in Revelation chapter 12 will be the second time they're cast down. But the second time is within the fallen one-third. The first time was open warfare in, in the, this engagement of the original creation. That then becomes a fallen one-third. And now this Revelation 12 is the second time they're cast down from the upper uh, realms within the fallen one-third, cast down to a third-dimensional and or earth itself okay so when they come here it's going to be a global invasion force not just 200 watchers it's going to be millions billions maybe trillions of them and they're going to be ravishing whatever females they can find that are not covered either by a husband or maybe a husband that doesn't know his uh purpose of protecting his wife or his girlfriend godly protection of his wife and if you're a woman at this time and you don't have a godly man to protect you you claim Jesus as your husband Jesus will be your husband he will be your covering ladies so you don't get raped en masse by these creatures because they're coming, and they're going to do the same thing that happened in Genesis chapter 6. It's going to be a global rape 
And what's going to happen is, just like in the movie Alien, okay, it's not going to be nine months later and you have sire a child. It might be nine days birthing a mature maturation on steroids and will burst out of your womb, out of your stomach, and leave you dying in your blood. So these women today who, you know, they, they, they're welcoming demons into their lives, um, welcoming fallen angels, you know. See, see, these fallen angels that are coming, folks, they're not going to be ugly. <laughs> the ones who can shapeshift into human form are going to be drop-dead hunks. And maybe they're not going to leave men out on the side either. But when you look at the grand scheme of things where the world had was this LGBTQ and trans movement and the to increase the divorce rate so that women are children are taken from their homes unprotected, trans movement, LGBTQ, it's a complete breakdown of the nuclear family, a complete breakdown of any attachments so that the human race as a whole that's not on board with Jesus will be ripe for the picking, for the plundering, for the rape, for the pillage. And a new race of man will be born from these illegitimate births. And the women who give birth will be left in a bloody corpses, dying in their own blood, and their souls descending into hell and later the lake of fire. You don't want to go that direction, ladies. If you don't have a godly husband during this time, you claim Jesus as your husband. And you plead the blood and you go in a prayer when this stuff unfolds. You go in a severe prayer and repentance and pleading the blood of Jesus and claim that he is your husband and he will be. He will defend his bride, his church. Um, Now there's something else I probably won't get into it tonight because it's plain disturbing. I guess I do have a little time. This is for mature audiences only. So if there's anybody who's immature in the audience, um, it's time to cover your ears or something. But in recent, somewhat recent discoveries by researchers looking into what happens to male sperm in a woman's womb, they wanted to figure, find out. And the results of their research totally astounded them, flabbergasted them. So they had to do their research over again, and they came up with the same result is that some of the sperm leaks out of the womb, out of the fallopian tubes, tubes, leaks out and heads for a woman's spinal column and then travels up through the spinal cord into the base of a woman's brain to program a woman according to the man's sperm. And a man's sperm isn't just a man's sperm. There's a soul imprint involved in sperm and a woman's soul imprint involved in a woman's eggs. So when a man's sperm reaches, or the serpent in this case, of Genesis 3, when the serpent's sperm reached the base of Eve's brain, it programmed her 
to be in uh, correlation her thoughts, her feelings, her sexual desires towards the serpent. And God's remedy was in in verse 16, your desire, he's saying to Eve and her descendants, shall be for your husband, not the serpent, not the serpent Eve, to override this, okay? And he shall rule over you, not the serpent, the serpent seed, nor the serpent sperm. Okay. So ladies and men, if you've had multiple partners, it would stand to reason then why um the first time for a a woman would be the most significant because that's like first fruits, first impact that would have the most deep and lasting impact on a woman and why sometimes it's difficult to get over that first time. Why you keep searching and looking for someone just like that, even though maybe it was a bad experience and I hate the guy's guts, you know, but going back and back and back because it's more than just a physical sperm. There's a soul imprint and whatever condition that man was in spiritually gets impacted into a sperm and travels right into the base of your brain and programs your brain, your soul. Okay. So the antidote here is the blood of Jesus to repent. And if you happen to remember the guy's name and guys, you happen to remember the lady's name, repent with her name unto Jesus. You pray. You pray a prayer of repentance. And you plead the blood of Jesus upon yourself, upon your former partner. You plead the blood of Jesus. And any current soul ties that may yet exist, even though it might be decades ago, you again plead the blood of Jesus on those soul ties to completely dissolve them. And if you need help beyond that point, um, if there's anybody that you trust to be a prayer warrior on your behalf, to pray, literally pray with you and over you, to break these bonds asunder. So behold, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are new. You claim that, you stand on that, that what happened in the past is the past, and is covered and washed away and washed clean by the blood of Jesus. But sometimes you have to n- name names in your prayers, certainly your private prayers, if you remember them. Be specific. Um, you don't want to leave any details left uncovered. Okay. And guys, if, if you've had multiple partners, likewise, you have to repent of that. You have to, and on behalf of the lady that you were with, you repent on her behalf, and you plead the blood not only for yourself, but for on her behalf or her too. Um, So it's not just you, it's the person also you pray for, you know, to get this cleansed. Because I'm telling you, if there's any entry point during this global invasion that's coming up, any entry point that these fallen angels can manipulate, they're going to use it. So you don't want to leave any stone left unturned. Just bear your souls to Jesus. And if you've forgotten about things, just stay in faith. Trust Jesus to bring back to your remembrance as you are fit to do so. Because sometimes going in the past can be great hardship, to, you know, stirring up all those memories. So you don't want to just do that out of the blue. You go into prayer and you cover yourself. If you need, need to do some fasting, if you need some prayer support, 
people you trust in, in uh, your Christian circles, you know, take them 100% confidential. You know, you don't want the whole world knowing about this, right? Um, <clears throat> so you do those things. And John's got excellent resources on his website of prayers and, and uh, different types of prayers, different types of techniques. He's gone into great links there. And uh, so please avail yourself because even men at this time, you don't want to be left open on this because on the other side of the equation, these fallen angels that can shapeshift into human form, there's going to be a number of them that shapeshift into the most drop-dead gorgeous women you could ever imagine. And they'll be hungry for you, Bubba. <laughs> they're going to be hungry for you. You know, every fantasy you've ever had, they're going to want to fulfill it for you all the way to the lake of fire. <laughs> okay. So you also want to be sure to get this out of yourself. Um, so this um, Genesis 3, verse 16, has been somewhat of a recent revelation to me to bring it to the forefront because we're getting closer and closer to when Revelation 12 is going to happen and we can catch a glimpse of what that will be in Genesis chapter 6, Invasion of the 200 Watchers, and we have the Joel, uh, go to Joel chapter 2, that's one to read where um, this is like an army that um, that cannot be deterred. It's an army of fallen angelics and or, um, again, remember the three days of darkness. That the It's like a prison that's going, the, the doors are going to be open, completely open. Every uh, cell, every cell block, every floor is going to be opened up to these beings and these alternate dimensions, and they're going to be flooding out into the courtyards and setting fires and riots and killing the, you know whoever they can kill and, and trying to escape out of the prison itself into the outer environment. Well, this is, this is the outer environment here. They're, they will be uh, able to escape the prison itself and... They're going to take no prisoners, okay? So part of this, you know, there's all kinds of things. We go to Revelation chapter 9 where we see two different types of weird stuff going on, okay, that can also imply uh, some of these fallen creatures, whether currently demons or fallen angelics or uh, in a third-dimensional reality or higher-dimensional reality. Uh, it's everything and the kitchen sink is going to be coming down the pike. And and more, see, the weirdness that we're seeing now is probably most likely an, an early phases of this manifestation of demons being let loose and fallen angels already being cast down, but either uh, cloaking themselves or appearing as men, appearing as women, you know, just blending into society. Um, just another day in New York and Los Angeles, right? Seattle, all the weirdness going on. You know, they could be acting weird, but, you know, they just blend into the weirdness, right? Um, <clears throat> so, um, so we're getting up to the top of the hour there. Uh, well, so then at this lot- point, so, um, at this point, since we're down to the last couple of seconds, or I'm sorry, 120 seconds of the show, did you want to yeah. go ahead and close the show prayer tonight? Sure. Lord Jesus, we thank you and thank you and thank you for your word. We thank you that this is the time where your mysteries are being opened up in your word. And 
allowed for us to understand them for a time such as this so we can be warned and forewarned about what's coming up and and that we're here for a time such as this we're not here on for an insignificance that we're here we're, we have a meaning we have a purpose here and that you would continue to open up our understanding as to why we are here and what our purpose what our mission statement was as founded before you even created creation but now tailor made for this time in this fallen realm that we had pre-existence that we had a purpose in your heart of hearts before you even spoke the first word of creation that we are so dear to your heart that you even came here into this fallen realm and even was separated from your father and died on that cross, allowed your blood to be shed. For whosoever shall call upon you, your name shall be saved. That you are the author and finisher of our faith, the author of our eternal salvation, and the author of our eternal destinies, founded in you and through you from even before creation. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you pour out your revelation of these things upon those tonight and those who future podcasts. We ask that you pour out your, your desire to get into your word and learn more about your word, even even the traditional understanding, but coupled with the mysteries and the unraveling of the mysteries, a deeper understanding of your word, and to have a more personal relationship with you in these troubling times that will be the light in the darkness. As you spoke forth your light in the darkness on day one, that your light is coming back, that, that we can be participant in you speaking forth your light as we speak forth your light in this world of darkness, that more souls will be awakened, more souls will be saved, a great harvest yet awaits in these last times, that we can be partakers of, co-laborers with. So we thank you for your love, Lord Jesus. Pour out your spirit upon all flesh. The latter day reigns like never before. That there be a great harvest of souls into your kingdom, snatched away from the, the enemy of all creation, enemy of our souls. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Lauren, for joining us tonight. Tonight is Wednesday, June the 28th. Um, stand by to find out if we're going to go ahead and move forward with a uh, rerun, or I'm sorry, a best of show on Friday night. Or we may see you live at 7 p.m., Lord willing, at the Friday Night Prayer Vigil. God bless you all. I hope you all have an excellent, outstanding, very peaceful and restful Fourth of July weekend. For those of you in Babylon the Great who are able to celebrate such and are blessed so. So anyway, God bless you all. Thank you, Brother Lauren. We will see you soon. You bet. God bless you all. Thank you.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.